Blue Tiger Revenge, brought to you by Warning, you are now entering the Blue Tiger Den, the intellectual dark web of comic book podcasting. Revenge is upon you. Hit the music. Oh, and we're back. That's right, folks. You're stepping right back into the deep, dark depths of the Tiger Den. This is Blue Tiger Revenge, your only source. Said only source. If you're listening to anyone else, you're a piece of garbage. Wow. For comic book culture and the culture that is comics. I am comic book creator Tangalusha, and with me is the man, the myth. You love him. I love him. The heart and soul, the king of beards. His beard is coming back. That's right, folks. He is, he is, he's jumped the stash and going full, I don't know, like wild man Ron Swanson. You should see him, folks. You should see him. Uh, he's looking glorious. Glorious. The heart and soul. Big Brian Bales. How's it going, Big Brian? Oh, it's going good, man. It's going good. Yeah, it, this is, it is Revenge of the Beard. It's coming back strong. So, uh, you know, that's the only thing, you know, when you're, when you are the king of beards, even if I don't have a beard, I can still have that title because, uh, you know, it grow it grows back fast and better than all of you out there. That's right. Better. Does. We don't have a ton of time, but there was some, there was some cool shit that dropped while we're waiting for our guests. Well, yep. not while we're waiting, but you know what I mean? Yeah. 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 Well, it is uh it is Star Wars celebration uh just ended and uh I know you could give a shit, but I don't I didn't even know. I don't even know what that I was wondering why people were posting all this stuff with um oh, who is the the girl Skywalker? Oh, Ray. Yeah, yeah, they were posting a bunch of stuff like she's she having a comeback or something? Yeah, so they are they announced three new movies. Um, which we haven't had a Star Wars movie since Rise of Skywalker, which let's oh, be honest, darn. wasn't very good. Uh, so the I, three, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm so indifferent on them. I don't really, I can't even really, I don't even feel like I can accurately have an opinion. That's fine. Well, let me, let me, let me break this down for the Cubs here. Uh, the three okay. movies they announced was the first one called it's uh, Dawn of the Jedi. I don't know if that's the title that's going to be, but it's going to be about the very first, um, uh, Jedi Knight ever. Oh, that's and, cool. Yeah, and uh, written it's uh, uh, the writer and director is James Mangold, so I'm on board. He's fantastic. Um, yeah. The second one is uh, the the new Jedi Order, which takes place 15 years after Rise of Skywalker, uh, and so that's bringing da- Daisy Ridley back as Rey, okay. um, which I think is interesting. I, uh, you know, I'm, I'm interested to see in what they, what they do with that. I can't remember the director. I'm not familiar with her. Um, I, I like the gal who played. She's Ray. great. Yeah. She's good. She's she was, a good she was, she's a good actress. Uh, I think the, she took it a little hard from the fans. Um, but that wasn't her fault, you know, it was no. more of just, 
You can't blame her. Yeah, blame blame the blame the writers if you have an issue with her character. Blame the writers. Blame the producers. Blame the directors. Yeah, the actors (laughs) out there doing their job. You know what I mean. Uh, and then the one that I'm really excited about is kind of a culmination of all of like the TV, the the Disney Plus shows that are going on. Uh, it's directed by, going to be written and directed by uh, Dave Filoni and uh, John Favreau, and that's going to be a movie that kind of ties in the Mandalorian, Boba Fett, Ahsoka, all of these shows into one movie. Um, it's going to culminate in the in the New Republic versus the uh, Imperial Remnant. Uh, so I'm really excited about that one. So that's going to kind of wrap everything up in a bow. Um, TV shows? Yep. Well, for for Mandalorian, Boba Fett, and Ahsoka, for those three. So Andor was a prequel. Takes place before. Um, okay. That's all right. I know. But the one trailer. So the, <laughs> the, no. You hey, can listen. see it in my face. Yeah, I, I can't. What? But, you know, the, the people who know know. Um, yeah, the one that they, the the trailer only guy, I'm yeah. the only guy that's like, huh, that's okay. You know, uh, the trailer that I got really uh, excited about, though, was the trailer for Ahsoka, uh, the, the show that, uh, <coughs> excuse me, it's coming this, uh, coming this August by Dave Filoni, who is just the man of star Wars, uh, in my opinion. Um, and the trailer it shows all of the all of the characters from Rebels, which is a phenomenal TV show, and it shows uh, the one character that I'm really excited for is Grant, the return, the live action debut of Grand Admiral Thrawn, who um, was a huge, huge piece uh, originally in uh, in the books. So uh, Timothy Zahn, who we met at uh, SummerCon uh, last year, he's the creator of Thrawn, and he wrote these this the Thrawn trilogy. Which, in my opinion, and I think in the opinion of a lot of people, that should have been the sequel trilogy. Um, Wait, no, this is a dumb question. Is yeah. Vader in any of this stuff? He's dead, man. This is you know, after oh. Return of the Jedi. Hey, 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 I don't know. That's all right. I'm just, no, 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 Vader, no. You know what? You're Vader, right. It's okay. Luke, Layla. Leia. Leia. Jesus Christ. Um, oh, uh, what's his name? This is the big Han? dog man. Oh, Chewie? Well, Han. Chewie. Yeah. That's about it. Like outside that, I don't yeah, but clueless, man. it really it seems like they are like moving forward. They're going to be using the Thrawn trilogy kind of as a blueprint for these shows, and then that movie that Filoni is doing. And if that's the case, I am very very happy and excited about that. That's going to be just phenomenal. Okay. Okay. Yeah. It was, and overall, the trailer though looked pretty badass. Oh, uh, it looks it looks incredible. It looks absolutely incredible. Yeah, and okay. and you know, they name drop "Heir to the Empire," which is the title of the the first Thrawn book of the Thrawn trilogy. It's called "Heir to the Empire," and so Ahsoka says, "You know, we're we're seeing the return of Grand Admiral Thrawn." who is the heir to the empire. And I'm like, Oh shit. Yeah. They're going to use that story. And I'm now what's the deal with this granddaddy guys. He like a Vader S type. character. No. So he is an Imperial. He's like a brilliant tactician. Um, okay. So he doesn't have any, the no, 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 he's, he, no, he's a brilliant military mind who was sent away by the emperor, uh, to the outer rim or to the, uh, not even the beyond the outer rim, and then he comes back after the death of the emperor to basically okay. take over the empire. 
and uh, pretty much brings the Republic to his knees at, at some point during these during these books. Uh, and and everything is kind of they're they're leading up there. They've been showing hints about Thrawn like he showed up in Rebels. Um, he was mentioned in season two of the Mandalorian uh, Mount Tantis, which is like a base of operations, a secret cloning for facility is mentioned in the show the bad batch so they're just kind of okay bringing all of that together which is going to be epic 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 stuff and i can't wait oh wow that's cool yeah well perfect timing because i can't wait our guest is is here you can't wait for our guest or you can't wait for me to stop talking about star wars no it's all fascinating because <laughs> I, I don't like i said i don't pay attention i don't really pay attention to star wars too much like i know you know, a little bit here and there. And I've seen like Mandalorian and all that kind of stuff, or at least the first two seasons. Well, you, um, you should check out the, there's only two episodes left of the season three and it's been great yeah. so far. So yeah, I'll get around to it at some point. I yeah. just, I've been I'm busy, man. I'm busy. I know. I'm making, I'm making books. I don't got time for this shit. That's true. <laughs> That's true. All right, let's get, all let's right. get our guest. All right. Check one, two. Give us some more of that, please, with Mr. Bob Quinn, who is back again because the Tiger Cubs demanded it. Uh, his new graphic novel, Black Cat Social Club, coming out April 26th, uh, end of this month. Make sure that you go to your local comic shop. Make sure that you pre-order it. Get those books from the man himself. Bob, welcome to the show, man. How's it going? It is good to be back. I'm feeling nice, feeling and energized i like with that these, nice. with these comic book vibes that are so good always great <laughs> never complaining that's right <laughs> never we never complain. never there's no there's no pre-show that the listeners don't get to hear where everybody's angry it's that's right just good vibes good vibes only <laughs> no. that's how we do it that's how we do it <laughs> that's right that's right um so who's uh who's putting out this uh, this book it's humanoids correct it is humanoids you might know them as a uh publisher of of, of many french comics like meta barons or incal or something like that but they are also branching out into stupid stuff like <laughs> girls who are witches playing punk rock and dealing with demons and and, and starting the apocalypse that's what we are got going on that's what, so a time, what a time to be alive i do have a question about this project Yes, I have an I have an answer. So the cover, you kind of mix a little bit of photography and uh, you know, like, and your craft. Yes. So I got were you inspired by Jamie Hewlett and his work on the gorillas? Because that was the vibe I got, and I don't know if that's a compliment, but I felt like I was like, oh, "Oh, this is kind of gorillas esque. I thought it was badass. I've always wanted to do that. And I've never I just I don't have the skill, I don't think, to pull it off, but you pulled it off splendidly wow okay so one one big jamie hewlett fan so thank you two i i I don't know that i really was necessarily but hearing that i totally get it and thank you very much like that that is a incredibly kind compliment and uh it was uh it's real weird because like i sent them i sent them i don't even remember how many sketches for the cover and like some of them were just sort of like more I guess album cover esque, you know, or it was just supposed to look like, yeah, they're standing cool and right or whatever. Uh, and then I had one where I, I did that, 
and I just kind of mocked it up and they're like, would you actually want to use a photograph? And I'm like, yeah, I think it might be kind of cool. And they were like, yeah. So then like it became this whole thing about like, could we license a photograph? And then nobody wanted to actually do that. So um, the uh, the editor, uh, was it the editor? Or was it was it Jake or was it Chris now? I can't remember. It's been so long. But uh, went out and actually took a picture of the side of the building and, and, and emailed it to me so that we had we made sure that the rights were all clear. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Yeah, that's perfect. You know? So let me ask you, because that process is something that I've never really seen anybody do a good tutorial with. And I'm always, you know, like Jamie Hewlett's very secretive. I think he probably isn't, but I feel like he's secretive (laughs) with his process. Secretive. He's a a recluse in the, in the, in the bowels of England or something. I don't know. Maybe. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, but like, so when you were doing that, cause it really, it, it melts, was it, did you have to focus on just like making sure that you lined up the, the sh- the lighting or something like that? Like, how did you make it? Cause it really, it works really, really well. So there were a bunch of steps. The first thing I did is I actually drew. Um, so like the, so if you haven't seen the cover, it's like the side of a building and it looks like there's sort of like a big graffiti thing on it. Yeah. And then there's like some monsters in the foreground and the girls are running away from it. And then there's a guy up on the, up on the roof of the building. Um, so the first thing I did was I actually traditionally drew a cover, right? Like, so like the, the, essentially what is the graffiti on the side of the building is a drawing. Okay. And after that, I went in and I colored it all up and it looks fun. Right. Um, and then, you know, once we got the the photo, uh, I was able to throw that into you know Photoshop or whatever. And then first big thing that was kind of difficult was um, obviously you have to match the perspective, so you have to grab the original cover, mush it in there so that it fits right. And right. then we spent a bunch of time trying to get it so that like where the windows were, we had shadows cast, and where there was bricks that we had like little indications of bricks around it and stuff like that. Um, and then, you know, when I, uh, but then everything that was like the monsters in the foreground and the tentacles, and then the girls and all that stuff that yeah. all had to be drawn directly into the photograph. And so then it just became a matter of sort of like figuring out, okay, in the photograph that they sent me, where do I think the sun is? And then trying to match that with the coloring and stuff. So, okay. um, it, it, if, uh, if a tutorial would be helpful, maybe I'll put one on my non-existent website showing everybody. I'll make a YouTube video. I'm, I'm resurrecting yeah. my YouTube. There we page, go. Uh, around, I, I honestly think that this. would be really, really helpful. Cause I think it's one of those things that like, I just saw, uh, what's his name? Is it Otto Schmidt? Is that his name? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he just did something with, I think it was just a pinup, but he did the same thing where he took a photo he, he did a Catwoman drawing over it. Like she's sitting on a couch and it was one of those, like just the more I studied it, it seemed like he was the, the big emphasis was making sure that the light source on the drawing matched yeah. it, the light source in the actual photo. No, I, and, I know what you're talking about. He actually yeah. does those semi-frequently, or at least he used to, I don't know. He, uh, apparently there's a bunch of controversy around him or something like that because of, Oh really? Yeah. Oh. I, I, I don't know everything, but like, um, yeah, no, he's Russian. <laughs> and <laughs> oh, like, I, I guess like okay. he did some he did some like pro Putin comics way back in the day and then did some other weird shit. I don't know. But I have seen oh. those images and basically what it, he, he does, he draws the character in, and then the the big emphasis is actually on matching the lighting. You're 100 percent correct. OK. Um, And uh, that's actually a super good exercise for people who want to work on their coloring Um, because one of the so. For here, here, tips now, tips and tricks with Bob. Um, a lot of people when they color 
will put in flat colors and then they will do they will draw in the shadows and then that will be the coloring. I do the opposite. Um, oh. I actually flat fill everything because if you think about how light actually works, it's additive. Yeah. Right. Right. So when you go into a room, you turn on a light. That's how you see things. Right. Yeah. So I actually fill things pretty dark. And then um, the only shading I do technically is is what um, in the industry you would call ambient occlusion. Right. And that's usually when things get close to each other, they kind of start to absorb light around each other. So like things seem a little darker on the eyes, like in the corners of your room, you'll kind of notice that the corners are a little darker. That's all ambient right. occlusion, right? So I do that dark and then anything after that is additive, right? So like if they're outside in the sun, I will do one layer that is all skylight. So like the blue of the sky is indicated on the figure. And oh, then where the sun is, you put that and I'll have like a big yellow light that's hitting them from wherever the sun is. And if there's a backlight, then whatever color that is, that color light is hitting from the other side. So it has a more it's it's complicated and sometimes it's difficult to make it mesh well, but it's more, uh, I guess, analogous to how light really is and to how we perceive it and how it works technically in, in the realm of physics or whatever. So Yeah. Yeah. No, that that's. uh it's incredibly time consuming. I don't recommend it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like I, I well, I, the reason why I'm asking is like, cause I, I, why I told you before we started recording is like, I'm finishing up, I'm coloring the last issue of this graphic novel right mm -hmm, now. Mm -hmm. And it's one of those where, uh, you know, like I don't, I wouldn't call myself a colorist, but you know, like I can color mm -hmm. and I, and I've gotten better, but it's one of those where I'm always curious to see how other, cause you're, I feel like you're you're a completist you can do everything as an artist you know you you oh, illustrate you. yeah i mean i mean i've i've seen your work i'm familiar <laughs> I, with this I, stuff I know, i've seen the internet i know where you are yeah yeah <laughs> and so i'm just always curious to see how like other creators tackle because you know like if you talk to just a colorist i mean they've got uh, there's so much like nuance and stuff that they bring to the game that's why it's like oh man i'm getting matched up with a colorist they're mm -hmm. going to do an amazing job. So I'm always just curious yeah. of like people, I don't have a lot of technical knowledge. I'm mm. always just kind of like, okay, let's apply it. How do, how do people, okay. So, you know, like, like I color things yeah. mostly using like a manga stage where it's mm -hmm. like, you know, I've got a dark, a, a couple dark layers and then a couple of various layers of light over the top of like flats, mm -hmm. if that makes sense. Yeah. Which is very am, like old school, but you know. yeah, no, I'm, um, I'm very value focused, which I think, uh, so, like the real, the really good colorists that you'll see today focus on value more than they focus on color in, okay. in general, at least in, in yeah. my opinion. Yeah, where it's like you know, for for the listeners, it's 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 the relationship of darks and lights, and so so that the the reader knows where they're supposed to be looking, from yeah. panel to panel. Because I've I've had a couple situations in the past with a few colors I wasn't crazy about, where it was like, you know, uh, if you looked at it like from a value perspective, the entire thing is just sort of a mishmash of gray, and like it just kind of it just kind of becomes visual noise. It's hard for the reader to parse what's happening. Yeah. Uh, so like that, that tends to be my focus more than anything. So that, like the figures are uh, very bold and pop, whether it's very light on dark or very dark on light. And then usually a little, little bit of edge lighting to kind of separate stuff. And yeah, you know, yeah, that, that kind of, uh, that kind of crap. Yeah. I love, yeah. I, I feel like we're getting <laughs> way into the weed. So let's get in the weeds. This is, the this weed. is for comic people only <laughs> get out. You normies. It's for those college students out there that want to yeah, hey, kill themselves wanna, doing what we do. Do you want to yeah. do a stupid job? Come and ask me a question. <laughs> so what was, uh, you know, it's, 
like when I, you first told us about this project, it was way back when you were working on X-Men mm-hmm. and you were kind of double because you were double dipping. You were like, oh, I'm doing mm-hmm. a page of X-Men during the day and then I do half a page of this top secret project. And really, the only thing I knew about it was that it was like witches that were in a in a like teenage witches that were in a rock band. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, and obviously just from that, you, you know, chaos is going to you, you, at some you, point. you get it. You only you already understand. That's right. So yeah. what was uh what was the inspiration behind it? What was the catalyst for you to one even want to do this type of story? Um so everybody knows on the internet if they've drawn pictures and a lot of comic people know about it. Everybody knows about old Jake Parker's Inktober, right? Yeah. Everybody sit around mm-hmm. draws one drawing a day in ink all through the uh the the month of October and I would mix it because obviously it's October. I would mix it with a lot of Halloween bullshit, right? Nice. So it'd be like witches and werewolves and all that kind of stuff. And one day I drew a, again, it was, it was drawloween or right. Or or whatever it was, whatever the hashtag was. And it was, here's, here's a bunch of girls. They're in a punk band and one of them's dressed like witches. I guess they're all witches. They cast magic with their, with their rock and roll. Hell yeah. Right. And at the end of the drawing, I was like, this is pretty cool. I think I might want to do a book about these these three one of these days. And so, like, I kind of thought about it, and I was like, okay, well, maybe they can fight monsters. Maybe the monsters are demons. I don't know. I I feel like it'd be fun to do sort of like a – it fits very nicely with the sort of anti-corporate thing. And I'd been working in, like, the corporate sector for a really, really long time, and I had a lot of pent-up aggression about it. And I was kind of like, all right, I think that's kind of what the story's about. But then I was like, like, well, you know, I'm I'm in the middle of drawing all these other books. I don't think I'm ever going to get to it. So I kind of backburnered it. And I was like, all right, well, that's one of those things that it wouldn't it be great one day when I'm wealthy to just when, when I can leave all of these corporate comics behind me and I can just do the things I want to do. I'll do that right. when I'm 80. Right. Well, um, a couple of years down the road, uh, an old friend of mine that I worked with over at Disney, who was a super talented writer, uh, we were working in the Disney online together, but before that he'd actually written cartoons. He wrote like Jimmy Neutron and stuff. And oh, he saw wow. the picture, cool. he saw the picture and he was like, Oh my God, I love these. Who are they? Can, can I write the comic book? And I was like, we should sit down and talk. So like we got together at, uh, at the federal in North Hollywood for lunch and I kind of said, it's this thing, and there are these witches, and there's corporate demons. I don't know. Does that sound cool to you? And he's like, yeah, yeah, that does sound cool. So, like, he comes back. He's fleshed out all the characters. He's fleshed out the plot line. He's got, like, the big bads scheme. And I was like, this is the shit. This is exactly the book I want to make. You nailed it. We got it. This is great. That's awesome. So, from there, we... He, we had the whole thing plotted. I had a bunch of sketches for the characters, and then I put together like this super involved pitch packet. Right? Yeah. It was like it was like twenty something pages, and it had a, a write up on every character. It had a write up on how how ma- music music based magic works. It talked about you know being a band in L.A. and it had like multiple covers. It had you know a bunch of pages uh, of the book and all that stuff. And the pages that actually are in the pitch packet are very very close to the ones that actually ended up in the in the final product oh, we made cool. a few tweaks but it, they're, they're actually very very close um and i sent it off to a bunch of different companies and heard nothing back 
Mm. Crickets. Crickets. Right. Well, it's like people I knew, people I didn't know. And I just, you know, like submissions at whatever. And I was like, Wah. I don't know, because I didn't know anybody at like the at the independent press stuff or the people yeah. that do original stuff. Like I knew like right. one editor over at Oni uh, who like I would s- send an email to every now and then they'd be like, oh, this seems pretty cool. And then like, let's see if we can get this going. And then, you know, invariably something comes up and they can't do it. And it's like, that's fine. Right. Um, but then all of a sudden, one day out of the blue, I get an email from a, from one of the editors over at Humanoids. And he's like, are you working on anything? And I was like, well, let me show you the crap that I have. And he and like, he singled this one out immediately. He's like, I love this. And I was like, oh, that's okay. awesome. And then, and then became the protracted process of actually trying to get it made because um, they were like, okay, here's what we think we can offer you in order to actually make it. And I was like, you guys, I, this is, you guys, do you know what my page rate is? I can't do this. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so it became like this back and forth. And it was like, maybe we can't do it. And then uh, one of the most amazing things I've ever seen in the world happened is the editor passed it on to another editor at a different company and said, we now we may not be able to afford to do this, but it needs to see the light of day. Hey, editor over at this company, would you be willing to try to make this work? Right. And then yeah. we had a little back and forth there and they wanted to change it in a way that I was just like, I don't want to do it that way. Um, so then I went wait, back. Wait, to the original. They wanted to change it. Yeah, they wanted to make some changes Ugh. to it, which you know, you know, it's it, you know, they yeah. somebody has a feeling about the state right. of the market, and you know, maybe a lot of people know things I don't know, right? And I, I don't pre- like obviously I don't pretend to know what anybody likes. I know what I like, and I will make a thing that yeah. I want to make. But like, you know, I, I can't tell you what the temperature is going to be in in six months or whatever. And you know, th- that's their job in in a lot of cases to know sort of what's going on and what what their publisher is going to. <laughs> vibe that's, to or say yeah that's their job i, I mean yeah i, yeah, I, I guess I've, i always have problems with that just because all the meetings every pitch meeting i've ever been in and it's no slide against the company but it's mm-hmm. like always the suggestions that are given the ones that i said yes to i'm like okay that makes sense mm-hmm. but then when the project does come out and i'm not going to be specific on whatever it is yeah like it's never it's those changes are never things that are highlighted by the readers themselves. No. Does that make sense? Like, yeah, no, they're not like, oh man, I'm so happy that, that this is the thing that happened in that thing. I'm like, well, no, yeah, that's fine. Like, yeah, th- yeah. those changes, a lot of it, a, a friend of mine used to say uh, that, that the, that the other partners on it want to feel creatively pregnant with the project, you know, like okay. they sure. have to just yeah. sure. as well. Right. Like and I can that- understand if it's like, there's a big hole in the plot. Like the concept mm-hmm. is great, but the plot is weak. I can understand that, but it just seems like it's never, it's never plot problems. It's always like, Oh, you know, let's change this character and give it bigger it's horns. Not substantive. It's more a- opinion. Like this is my feeling on the thing. Mm-hmm. I, I yeah. get it. Mm-hmm. Right. So like, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, so that happened. And then eventually I was kind of like, they want to change this in a way that I'm not, that I don't want to do it anymore. So right. I went back to the original guys. Like, we really can't come to an agreement on this. Like, what do you think if, could, could we do this in a way where we get just a little bit more money and then I'm going to, I, I promise that I will always deliver you, deliver you at least two pages a week so that I can continue working on my Marvel stuff, but that I can actually still make progress on this. And they were like, let's check and they check back and they said yeah we can do that so they put me on a super duper slow burn where i'm working on marvel during the week and then every thursday night i'd be up until like 3 a.m penciling two pages wow and then i'd ink over the weekend 
God um, bless you. God. <laughs> I, as an atheist, I say, God bless you. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, fuck, man. Like, I mean, I, I don't think people realize how hard of a grind is. That would be like, and you're working, and it's not like you're just working on, you know, you're doing some easy, you're doing Mar, Marvel comics, which the expectations are very high. Yeah. You know what I mean? You I have was to doing a game. Like I was 100%. doing at that point, I was doing it, it, it coincided very nicely with my work on Knights of X, which was a 10 person team, right? Jesus. Yeah. Wow. So I'm doing, I'm doing team comics with 10 characters in almost every panel, like talking <sighs> to each other, you know, dragons and fantasy realms. And, and then like I'm moonlighting drawing this other book. Um, just, you know, just trying to get it out, you know? Uh, and I, I don't think I shit the bed on any of them necessarily. You know, it, it was just like, it was still no. really, really, it was a tough year. You know, it's just like a, it was a lot of work, <laughs> a lot of work and yeah, a lot of hours. For sure, for sure. Um, but yeah, yeah but I, yeah, eventually we we fucking finished the thing. <laughs> now, is this is this? Uh, I've got a fifteen year old niece who loves comics. Would this be mm-hmm. something I could send to her, and she'd be like all about it? Probably. Is this uh, all I, I ages? Would hope so. Uh, I I think somebody says bullshit once. Uh, I don't know if that's oh, going to be a deal no, breaker. No, no. Oh, in that, that case, yes. I think I think uh, I think a teenager will this book uh cool it's have you heard what teenagers say these days yeah i don't i don't know what teen it what <laughs> Ter- what do they do terrible thing they say terrible things they know way more about trying- the world than we did at that age my it's favorite so my favorite was uh when when because <laughs> my niece came with tad and us for uh for rose city comic con and tad was like what's uh what are you what, what kind of things do you guys, do teenagers say? Like, what do you guys, like, what do you, what do you do? What do you roast each other with your friends? Do you like call them? I don't, I don't remember what word, but you said like, like. Call each other dorks. What's oh, no, and, no, he he was like, you guys like call each other cunts and stuff. And, and, tat, and, yeah. and she was just like. No, we call each other jokers and like, or like it was something like, yeah, <laughs> something yeah. like really. I said, you guys go, I go, cause they were in the back, they were, we were driving. And there, her and um, was she? Was it just? Was it? It just, was just. It was just her. Yeah. Just, yeah. And I said, yeah. What you guys flip each other shit at school? And she goes, oh yeah, all the time. And I said, like, be real with me. Your parents are here. I know you guys say horrible crap. Like I know you guys cuss. Dude, what's <laughs> what's the worst thing that you guys say to each other? And she wouldn't say. And I was like, do you guys call each other like I don't know like. Then I said the c word, yeah. Which Brian was like, Jesus, dude, like, what, what? You were. In, I remember being in high school. We said terrible things. The girls had worse mouths than the guys, oh, and yeah. she go. That's when she goes. No, we would never call each other that. We call each other like jokers. Yeah. And Brian I, I, and I were like, you guys are, you guys are losers, man. <laughs> <laughs> you guys are losers. The, the the shit that we said in high school and comment a uh, college would. I, I don't think we'd be able to exist in, in the world of the no. shit that we said. We're just awful. Yeah. Yeah. In, yeah. in a pre-internet world, we were we we had to figure out how to be normal human beings the worst way possible. And that's by saying all the worst shit you could when yeah. it was still possible. And now now I'm a semi-adjusted adult, so that's all right. I guess. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. No, it's just funny because you know, I I, I don't know, like high school or like that teenage. You know, like you like to think that they're 
oh, they're so soft and sweet, but you know, they're like dropping F-bombs and all that kind of shit. Oh, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, I hear them across the street. There's these kids that play hockey, a bunch of boys and girls, and they're all like in high school, middle school age, and they all play together. And they're literally <laughs> right across. I'll go out to take the walk, dog out for a walk. And if they don't know I'm out there like with the dog, I can hear them telling each other to fuck off and all oh, that was a fucking <laughs> shitty shot, blah, blah, blah. And then as soon as they see you, they're like, oh, hey. Hello, Hi. Mr. Galusha. Hey. Yeah. Hey. Oh, hey. And it's like, I just heard you guys calling each other fucking assholes. Like, what are you? What are you like, nice pass, Gregory. That yeah. was great. Oh, yeah. Right yeah. on the stick, boy, brother. And then as soon as you go inside, you know, they're like checking you. You fucking out. suck. Like, like yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, man. Yeah. yeah. Kids. But uh, no, that's that's really cool, man. Um, this book's really exciting. Like, I, I mean, like, I, Brian, I don't. Brian reads still a lot of mainstream stuff. I don't mm-hmm. read as much, right? But I would say like you still keep up with like Marvel DC here and there. No, not I. I keep up with uh, a lot of the miniseries. I don't. I don't. Right. I don't do a lot of the mainline stuff. But yeah, a lot of the That's miniseries true. I try and read when I can. Yeah. But I, I think we both have like kind of filtered into like create our own stuff. So it's yeah. like it's so great mm-hmm. that it's like oh, Bob's got to create her own book out. Like let's check this out. After like, oh, gonna yeah. be yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Be, be excited about this one, and then be excited about the next thing I'm working on too, which is also a big creator-owned book, which is going to be. I, I can't. I, I can tell you, it's going to be out through. I think it's going to be out through. Can I say who it's going to be out through? Do it. I don't know. I, I'm doing. I'm doing an image book. Oh, oh okay. awesome! Oh, they're not going to care. Yeah, they don't care. Yeah, they're not going to care. Yeah, so I'm, I'm doing. I'm doing a book with image. I'm on issue four of eight. Hell yeah! So, um, oh wow! Gonna, I think it's going to hit solicits in August. Um, so. So. How did how did you like the structure then of humanoid? Because humanoids, I'm guessing they give you a rate, and then mm-hmm. um, with image, it doesn't it usually tends to be more back end. But then again, you've done enough big name type stuff that maybe they gave you a rate. I don't know if you want to even get into that type of stuff or if we. Can. Um, I mean, I, I don't mind. I don't mind talking it. about it. So the the humanoids deal is a little weird. If uh, I think. I've, I'm sorry, I've been through a couple of different contract processes. Now, what, what I think happens with humanoids is they, when you sign the contract, you sign the rights to the book and, and the IP over to them. Mm-hmm. And then oh, they they give you a license back to make it, basically. And then you get a percentage um, of uh, ancillary rights stuff as well as uh, royalty rate for... Okay. Uh, physical and digital books. I, so it's essentially almost like a shared IP by the end of the contract process. Oh no, it is not a shared IP. Oh really? The the they own it. They, yeah, they hundred oh. percent own it. So you're, now, you're selling your baby. Yeah. I a hundred percent sold my baby. Now I okay. did work in rights reversion language. So okay. in the event that, you know, we get down the road and they haven't done anything with it and that they don't really print it anymore. I can go, Hey, I want that back. And they legally have to give it back to me. Oh, that's great. Creators make sure you get that rights reversion language and uh, contract termination language in there, because if they start being derelict in their duties, you get your shit back. Always protect yourself. That's right. Um, I love so, that. My next contract, my next major contract negotiations. I'm, I'm talking to you. <laughs> please, no, please do. I, I, I encourage anybody who, cause like I've, I've been through a number of these and I've, uh, th- they, are trying to protect themselves they are not trying to protect you sure right right and right. so you have to protect yourself and you know i'm i'm the number of people that i see on the internet saying such and such hasn't paid me i don't know what i'm going to do like you can't 
you can't allow these people to to do that, right? Like I've had I've had editors in the past say if they're not paying you, find a lawyer. Right. The moment that like the moment you say I'm going to get involved a lawyer in this, suddenly they find the the checkbook. Right. And I've got so, like, I've done I I did that dance last year. Yeah, I, yeah, I know. It's, it's fucking terrible that you have to do it, but like, you know, if they're not paying you and you're behind on rent, th- that's not your fault. Yeah. You know. So right. you got to do what you got to do, right. you know, especially if they're going to be giving you the runaround. So, you know, like, oh, all that is oh. to say, you just need to you just need to protect yourself, protect yourself yeah. in the contract phase. And then ultimately, if they're not paying you, you got to do what you got to do there, too. Right. Because it's like it's that's if you want to do this as your job, they have to do it as their job. too. Right. Yeah. So with I'm guessing with image then, because you retain all your rights, correct? Yes. Yeah. OK. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 The, the only agreement that I have really. um so we're, I have an agreement with the other, with the co-creators. Okay. Um, and, you know, even that can be a bit of back and forth, right? Because like, um, sure. So, so for this book, so, uh, so in, in contrast, the, the image deal that I have right now is I'm basically taking a year unpaid right now. Um, this is a okay. big, this is a big risk, but I've, I've been saving my money very judiciously. I don't buy anything outside of art supplies. Yeah. <laughs> right. I don't spend my money. I don't, uh, you know, outside yeah. of getting, getting uh, a dinner with my wife on Friday, like I don't buy anything. So, nice. you know, I've, I've so you been, hear that folks, if you're, if you're going to the Quinn house, make sure you go Friday, Bob's buying. Yeah. Yeah. I'm buying, you know what? My burger right down the street. I will get you something. They have milkshakes. They're good. You're Boom. Nice. There it is. Yeah. Boom. Um, so, so yeah, I'm basically taking a year unpaid uh, until this thing hits in October. So uh, in October, buy and buy a lot so that I can okay, well, justify the fact that I have not been paid for the last year. We'll have you back on the show. We'll, we'll, <laughs> yep. we'll push, we'll push the hell out of it. Yep. I like that. I, I want to thank you though, for being forthright with that, because you know how it is in this industry. Mm-hmm. It's one of those things like, I feel like the artists and the writers, because we're all we're the the actual people in the salt mines, mm-hmm. but we never want to admit it. So mm-hmm. we're always very a little, I guess, secretive about what the actuality of the agreements and kind of the kind of paperwork that happens because it doesn't always add like to someone who doesn't work in entertainment, they mm-hmm. look at that and be like, "What the fuck? That's insane! Why are you doing that job?" Yeah. You know, no, like, it is. You know, it's nutty. Well, uh, I'll tell you. I'll tell you this, right? Like, one of the so the reason I'm willing to talk about this stuff is because ultimately, you know, all any of us really have is each other, right? Like, right. at the end of the day, I'm not going to be sitting around worrying about the the shit I had. Yeah, I'm going to be worried about like the great relationships I had, and did I have friends, and you know, did I make an impact on the world? Were people embittered by by knowing me? And for God's sake, I hope the answer is yes, right? And your work, right? Yeah, right. And your work. That's the only yeah. way. Like, look, hey man, the only way you're ever going to be immortal is to have a have a fucking story that la- lasts forever, right? Mm-hmm. So That's you know, right. like, so you've done that, right? But then you know, on top of that, like, I you know, with that in mind, the more we all know about this, the more we can all protect each other, right? Because like, it's a very cutthroat and it's a very competitive industry, but yeah. like at the same time, like we. You know, the more that we all know, the more the less we can all get taken advantage of, right? So, you know, I, I share this with with everybody so that you know what to look for, I know what to look for, 
and we can trade information, right? And mm -hmm. yeah. the more information everybody has, the better arm they're going to be to deal with these with these vultures. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it, it's funny. I feel like pre-pandemic, it was a lot more. Uh, I guess people kept the details close to the close to the vest, sort of thing. Like it was harder mm -hmm. to get. Where now I've noticed, uh, just with the creators I've talked to, where before I'd I'd tell them my rates or what I was getting at this company, but then getting reciprocation was always difficult. And since the pandemic, I don't know if it was just because of like the artist isolation or the fact the industry shut down pretty much mm -hmm. for like six, eight months. Uh, it's been kind of the opposite where like people are a bit more like, okay, yeah, this is the contract that I did over there. If you can do better, like do this, do this, 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 and this. And mm -hmm. it's been, it's just been this trend. And I think that's the one positive I can say that like coming out of the pandemic where I'm like, oh, this is a good thing to see. Cause I know like, you know, it was hard on a lot of people and mm -hmm. this is the one thing where it's like, oh yeah, see artists, like artists aren't always the biggest advocates for other artists. And it's nice to actually finally see that, that like, oh, Hey, yeah, if we want to keep doing this, we probably need to oh, like, yeah. mm -hmm. share communication, you know, share yeah, fucking info. shit on each other. Terribly. This guy sucks. What an idiot. You got what, what, a, what a dumb bitch. I'm like, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I don't love his work either, but I'm sure he's nice. You know, like, yeah. my, my, my wife makes fun of me about this other, because like, we'll be walking, we'll be driving down the street. Right. And then I'll see somebody and I'll say something like, mean about them like look at this dork and then i'll go oh he's probably nice <laughs> <laughs> i do the same thing i do the exact feel same bad yeah. so it's like yeah i don't know i i just think there's a there's a lot of cutting down that goes on and there's not a ton of building up and i wish it was more the other way and i wish there was more people helping each other and offering sage sound advice about stuff like that and you know the more we know about each other's rates the more we can negotiate because yeah. you know my my rate at Marvel hasn't moved since I've been there. Um, and you know, it it is what it is. I haven't really thought about it. I've been I've been you know they, they've been taking okay care of me, and uh, I move fast enough that um, it's usually not a huge deal for me, right? Like, because sure. you know, it, I I have a I have a couple of, I, have a, I have a good friend who is is considerably so like I'll do five pages a week. He does about three, right? Okay. Yeah. And if we're if we're making the same page rate, I'm in a way different tax bracket than he is, right? Definitely. You're almost doing, doing double the work. Yeah, I'm yeah. almost doing double the work, right? Yeah. So, you know, um, yeah, it's it, it's it, it's it's tough, right? Because it's the the, right. the industry is a grind. The the page rates aren't great, and you know, if you if you have a hit, obviously you can you know the the royalty numbers can be pretty good. Yeah, um, and but, you can make it work for you. You can like I guess build a bit of a. I fucking hate saying this, but you can build a little bit of a brand. Um, you see people do that, you <laughs> yeah. know, like, oh, I, if there's one thing I'm bad at, it's building a brand. That's why every same. single handle on every single social media I'm on is completely different. I have no idea what I'm doing. Yeah. Idiot. Same, same. Yeah. <laughs> that's our, so that's they, our podcast in a nutshell. <laughs> We're terrible uh, at branding. Yeah. 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 Well, okay. This isn't a downer, but I thought that was, uh, this is kind of interesting. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I, there was an article that popped up and the reason why I want to talk about it is I studied under this guy and pretty much anybody who went to the Kubert school up until, uh, you know, 10 years ago or so probably studied under this guy. But there's a guy named High Eisman, and he was just interviewed by the Washington Post. And then I believe The Guardian picked up the article. Mm -hmm. And so High Eisman was this um, – he was he's, a, he's an old school comic artist. He's 95, 96 now. He's mm -hmm. still work. I think he's – I believe he's still working. Wow. I think he – yeah, for like the last – 
20, 30 years, he's been the Popeye strip artist. Like he's done the the Popeye strip, right? Uh, for King Features. And I think now he just does the Sunday comic, I believe. I can't remember. Um, anyways, uh, so one of the things that kind of popped up, why the Washington Post interviewed him is uh, there was a documentary that is, I guess it's coming out or it just came out. And they're talking about uh, Rory Lichtenstein. And he's like the famous like, fine artists it's like pop fine artists like that was you know mm-hmm. like i remember when i was in college that the art museum there in the art building they actually had an exhibit where they brought a brought a ton of his work and so i you know found out about him and i was like oh wow this guy's cool but then what i found out later and this is why they interview high eisman is a lot of those panels that lich or how, how you say lichtenstein lichtenstein that he used were high eisman's that were he took really? the panels yeah, because he can't, Roy Lichtenstein, one, can't draw to save his fucking life. Um, and so they were interviewing High, like, how do you feel that you, this guy, this fine artist, took your printed work that you don't technically own the rights to because you did it for a company back in, like, the 50s or the 40s, right? Yeah. And and blew it up, redrew it, not as good <laughs> at all, and then is selling it as fine art, um, as you know, as fine art. And making, you know, those, those pieces sell for, you know, millions, you know, like mm-hmm. I remember, yeah, 20 years ago when I was in college, it was like, you know, each piece, I think the cheapest piece they had in the museum, they were all for purchase by private, for, you know, private, uh, consumption, but you know, the cheapest piece was like 2.1 million or something like mm-hmm. that. You know, like they were selling for a shit ton and mm-hmm. it's just interesting after knowing high Eisman and studying under him and the fact that the dude's still fucking working. Like, it's not like he kind of has to, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. You know, like he's the guy that technically created uh, Miami Vice, Brian. You'll like that. Really? Um, it, was ori- it was originally called Joe Panther. He developed it in the 50s. They actually made a movie of it. He did it as a comic strip for a year down in Florida. It was released and it was uh, a little too racy because it was, you know, you had a mixed, mixed race duo of police partners. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, and Joe Panther, uh, you know, he like he was like the main the main guy. So it wasn't uh, the white guy it was the the Seminole Indian dude was the featured uh, like detective. Right. Mm-hmm. And so anyways, it got bought out from him, became and then later years down the road, they developed Joe Panther into Miami Vice. I did not um, know that. There you go. A little bit of a little bit of history. Anyways. So it's one of those where I saw this article this week and I was like, oh, we got to talk about this on the podcast because like uh, it, it's like it's such a like classic comic book tale of like this guy who's been grinding he's worked on all this like well-known stuff but he's like continually been ripped off and like the final piece is the guy who's ripped him off maybe the worst and like he you know you could argue plagiarism right yeah is Mm -hmm. the most successful is the most successful at least with like joe panther miami vice like uh you know high like openly was like oh i sold that because at the time like the movie, they did a movie, didn't do well. And so I had all these comic strips. So I just sold it to the syndication because that's what you did back in the day, you know, and mm-hmm. probably bought his house or something. I don't or bought a car with it. At the time, it was a good deal, you know, because who's going to predict? Yeah. The future? But anyways, I was just thought uh, I'd be curious to see, hear your take on that. Um, wow. On the fact. That, yeah, it's you know. it's wild, right? Because usually because 
usually when you're like those newspaper strip guys were part of those syndicates and they actually got paid pretty well because it was like on yeah. a per paper basis usually. So it's like, yeah, it was like daily comics. Yeah, it was like, like a nine to five right? and all those guys. It was a, it was a, yeah. you know, it, well, it, what, I don't even know if it was a nine to five because then you go out and, you know, hit the links after that. Right. Like that's true. I, I, I don't yeah. know because like, you know, it's like, you do, what are you doing? Three, four panels. Not too bad. Um, so, so to that end, I'm like, okay, well, usually the newspaper, at least in those days, took pretty good care of people. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So, but the, yeah, I mean, it's tough, right? Because, you know, if the thing was called Joe Panther, got completely redeveloped into Miami Vice because he sold it. I don't know. It, it's tough, man. Again, th- this comes back to all that creator right stuff, you know? It's like, yeah. you got to know what your the thing that you've created is worth to somebody, right? Sure. Um, Because, like, you know, um, I guess more of like the the Roy Lichtenstein is the thing that bothers me the most is like this guy's become so famous. And all he did is he just blew up using probably a projector or something panels that certain artists did and then redrew them terribly. So that's (laughs) the thing that's wild to me, because for some reason, I thought that all that Lichtenstein stuff had just been. Like he did things that he that like he'd seen newspaper strips, thought it was cool, blew them up and went, that's rad. So I thought he was drawing his own panels and then just like did like the the tone dots. and stuff. Yeah, see, that's what I thought, too. When I when I first saw his work at that museum, I was like, oh, wow, that's cool. This is this is neat. This is like giant comic books. But the Mm -hmm. reality is, is he was just swiping, you know, like, yeah. The one thing you're told you're told not to do in this industry, like that, is like the you want to ruin your career, get caught, you know, not ruin your career, but you want to get shit on by your uh, your by fellow professionals. You start swiping from other artists, right? And right. here's a guy that like has done it, but done it in that fine art setting where it's like, well, I'm the first to do it, and did, and is did, making shit tons. Did I actually at any point contact a lawyer about this? I, you know, uh, I don't know. You'd have to read the article. Um, they brought in a lawyer to talk about it and he said it technically isn't plagiarism it was um they usually use the word the term transformative is usually the yeah and Hmm. this the the lawyer said the problem is is high doesn't technically own the art so what you'd have to do is you'd have to get the owners like these out of these out of like closed down publications you'd have to get whoever inherited that to then you know, form yeah, a lawsuit like and they're not going to do that. Yeah. When yeah. such and such syndicate went out of business, whoever acquired the, what, you know, the, the property after that. And then that person would have to go, okay, well, technically we own this and Lichtenstein made a, made a copy of it. Do we want to yeah. get a lawyer involved? Is there actual and, money in this? And and they go, and then, no, cause it's like, and, who gives a shit? The guys, well, yeah, you know. it's not even who gives a shit too, because it's like, you have to, you'd have to go, Cause like these, these battles can get really protracted in court and it's like, right. Cause, um, it can, so like I said, if they have to make a determination whether or not the thing that was created is considered transformative from the original yeah. and that can be a real squishy determination. Um, and that's kind of what they got into in the article is why. Yeah. So it leaves like an artist like high Eisman, who you'd think, uh, you know, I think he, I think a guy like Hyde just wants to be like credited, and mm-hmm. because he probably still has those panels sitting in a drawer someplace that he could turn around and sell, uh, especially if they're attached to that fine arts piece, because that'd be like, oh, this is the original inspiration, could put some value to it. You know, like 
Yeah, that'd be the like, move, right? That one with that, right. that girl, and she's looking over her shoulder, like just like have that panel and be like, "I have the original." <laughs> it's yeah. Pretty. This is the thing that that painting is based on. Yeah, this is worth it's, four million dollars, and it's better. It's better yeah. drawn. <laughs> it is. He <laughs> yeah, just put it. He should put it on his on a on a on, a, on Etsy for four million dollars. I bet he'd sell it. Probably. It, there yeah. There was that. There's that story. What is that story that David Cho talked about? It's like nobody took him seriously until he started adding zeros to the to the uh, amount he was charging for his paintings. I need to start doing that. <laughs> just put just put it up for Just a, add another zero on it, man. Yeah, add, add a zero. You get, get, a, get an ego bitter in there, man. That's that's what you go. do. Yeah. Hell yeah. I think that should be the title of this podcast. Just add a zero. <laughs> add a zero, baby. I think I said that last time I was on here, too. Probably. <laughs> Probably. Probably. One of my favorite uh, stories. Yeah, so now I, I, I have a... I, a for, for listeners, I have uh, one entire drawer in my thing back there full of this graphic novel so oh my god are you gonna are you gonna sell the originals because i'll be like i just started i just started letting pages go of my like first i guess major creator-owned project and uh i it was really hard for me i had to wait like I had three years, it was three years past its completion. If mm-hmm. I was smart, I probably would have sold them when the book was coming out because that's when people were actually like hitting me up for the originals. Mm-hmm. But uh, how do you feel about that? Do you do you have like an emotional attachment? Where you're like, God damn, it took me all this work. I'm not letting these go. I'm going to hang on to them for a bit until I'm tired of looking at them. Or there are, are you- some pages that I have a, a real strong attachment to. And those are ones I just don't sell. Right? Sure. But right. uh, so like, but but the the funny thing with this book, as I think I mentioned previously, is that the, uh, some of the pitch pages are actually identical or very very close to the ones that ended up in the book. So like, I can I could potentially sell the entire graphic novel, but still have the page that meant the most to me because it's a duplicate. <laughs> more That's or less. awesome. Like That's I redrew cool. it. It's it's slightly different, but like you know, um, I still have it. It's it's still here. It's in my collection, and it's uh it's a very special page to me. No one will ever own it, but you can own the one that's actually in the book. Which will probably mean more to you. <laughs> wow! I have I, I have one now which, person. Which page? Who, it, can you tell us which page that is? Oh, it's the it's the first page of the book. Oh, okay, because it's, okay. it's the first one I drew, and it was the first one that was. Uh, yeah, it was it was the first one I drew of of the whole thing when I was like, maybe this could really be a thing. Okay, um, and it was because we were kind of discussing like how are we going to handle like the idea of magic and the music and stuff like that, and we were sort of playing with, you know, how we were going to. Um, handle lettering and stuff like that like do we work the lettering into the actual background and stuff like that so it it was a lot of cool experimentation that we were doing and um yeah once i finished it i was like you know what this could be a really cool book and then i was like i'm gonna hang on to this one and then uh we'll we'll sell the rest of them i guess (laughs) that's cool man it's cool. Yeah, yeah, we'll see. I mean, they're gonna make look. They're gonna make somebody a lot happier than they're gonna make me just sitting in a in a drawer somewhere. You know, it's right. like I yeah. can't put them all up on a wall. You just kind of blew my mind with that statement. Like that's the reality of it. Is like as you progress as an artist, right? You're gonna be like, I've moved on to other things. I'm, my focus is elsewhere. The, even though they're your babies, they don't become. Your, they're not gonna forever be your favorites. They're gonna like lose, mm-hmm. I guess, sentimental value here. They're and gonna there. become someone else's babies. Yeah. yeah, and yeah. that person's gonna like. I guess it's not so much about like the price point on it, but to them that that could be like it's gonna be framed. It's gonna be on the wall. They're gonna pass it down to their kids, or it's gonna be on the yeah. wall until the day they die. And they're always gonna yeah. talk about like, oh, I I met that that artist. Like I bought that from no, them so at I, this like, convention I, or something. I'm I'm a psycho because I I like I I gift art. I just give it away. I'm like I have it. You know what I mean? Like I'm I'm yeah. completely insane. Like it, it, it if 
I'm telling you, like, the, the well, here's the thing, right? If there was no money involved with comics, I'd still be doing it. You know what I mean? Like, it's, yeah. the, it's the only thing I've ever done that I've truly loved. And yeah. it, I don't, I don't give up fucking shit about the money that's the if i gave a shit about money i wouldn't do this job <laughs> yeah, exactly right, right. yeah i had so, somebody I, I got an argument with somebody just recently and they're like oh it seems like you just do projects you know if if the budget's right and i was like are you kidding me like really the, if you added up the time versus the budget i'm not like this is not a job profession you do to like get rich i mean mm-hmm. it happens to a few of us but for the most of us, we're just grinding, drawing till we die. And mm-hmm. we're like, oh, you know, there's going to be some rough stuff to draw. And occasionally you get to, like, the other day, a werewolf fighting a saber-toothed tiger. It's fucking awesome, you know? Like, yeah. You get to draw some cool shit. <laughs> Every now and then you get that one where you look back on it and you go, man, I didn't fuck that one. I actually yeah. think that's a good one. And, yeah. and those are the moments that you're that you're really living for. The, those are the ones that sustain you while you're doing those pages with even the pages with people just talking, right? Like every now and then you just get one and you go, fuck, I nailed that one. And yeah. and that's such a great feeling, right? I and just then, had one of those. I just had yeah, Brian right? Brian knows. Yeah. Because I, I was sending him pictures of it while I was doing it. I was like, look at that, I fucking nailed it. Like I it's two characters in the park playing chess, and then like another character walks up that they don't like. And the character just stands up to like get in the person's face, and like normally I'd be like, "It's from our comic." <laughs> yeah, but I, but I was like, "When will it be available?" Tell the tell the listeners. Oh, they they the they're following year. along. Yeah, <laughs> hell yeah, yeah. Uh, but it was just one of those moments where I was like, "God damn it!" Crushed normally it, dude. this would be yeah, this would be something where I wouldn't be happy with it. But for some reason, it just all the magic hit and clicked. I don't. I think I was just trying to get it done because mm-hmm. I, you know, and it. Yeah, it was just one of those where it's just what you're talking about. The like, that's that that feeling of like fucking, yeah. I just, I got it right. Yeah, and that that sustains you through the ones where you're like, I can't draw today. <laughs> yeah. like, what am I doing? <laughs> yeah. I, I do this yeah. every day. I'm fucking. It's so bad. Oh, does your uh, does your family? Do you, I, I'm a very vocal guy, so mm-hmm. I'll be down here, and if it's like one of those days where I start drawing, it's like, why can't I draw? Like just the proportions of a proper face what the fuck is wrong with me <laughs> i'll i'll say it out loud and the family's usually like we can hear you by the way we know, <laughs> you know, know. We know what's going on down there it's okay yeah. no i um i'm very uh i'm i'm very lunch pale right like i just sit down at the desk I, i'm here till the thing is done and then i leave i don't i don't say too much usually i'm, I'm li- listening to podcasts like the like oh, nice. the tiger tiger podcast so you know yeah. stuff like that or or whatever um but yeah, I, I'm. I have a tendency to just be very laser focused on whatever it is I'm working on. Do you? Is that um, okay? Well, woo, I like to, let's transition into that. Because right. I'm a big mind's eye guy, and one of my one of the hardest things lately for me has been getting into that like flow state. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, like flow state's one of those interesting things that I think doesn't matter. Everybody's taps into it at some point if you do anything, mm-hmm. whether it's video games yeah. or sports or art. If it's something that you're really enthralled with, you're able to tap into your flow state. And I think that's when people perform at their best, right? Where it's like you look up and all of a sudden it's like, oh, shit, I just lost. The sun's coming up. Oh, no. Yeah. Uh, you know, um, do, is, do you have any exercises, meditations, or anything that you do for flow state? Or do you just naturally, it's like, I'm at the table. Boom. I'm in it. Yeah. I, I think for me, I because – so. For me, I am very regimented. I do the same okay. thing every day, right? Like I okay. get up, I make, I basically make myself the same breakfast. I have the same cup of coffee. I sit down in here. 
and then I start doing it, right? And I think that repetition, that muscle memory gets into me so much that like I can just sit down and it just engages, right? Mm -hmm. Like I just engage the art engine and it spits out whatever it's going to spit out and hopefully I didn't shit the bed, right? Um, And yeah, I don't know. It's weird. Like I think think it comes from – I think I have a level of discipline just because I spent so many years in corporate where like I'm used to getting up and having a regiment and going into an office and sitting down and doing my job until it's done. Right. And, you know, I, I know that there are a a fair number of people who, you know, because you don't have that time where you've spent it like in, in an office job. um, Maybe you can be a little bit more loosey goosey with it because you've never had the expectation of a boss sitting on over your shoulder and like tapping their foot and being like, where's, where's my shit, you know? Um, And but I, I think that that level of discipline is actually super duper good. And it's really, really important it's for uh, comic book artists specifically, right? Mm, like if right. you're like a fine artist and like, you know, today is the day and I'm just going to get the tree done and that's all I get done. Because at the end of the month, you're going to sell your painting for $10,000. Great, right? But, right. you know, for us, it's that page needs to be done today because I'm, o- I'm only getting a couple thousand dollars for this issue. And if it's late, the editor is going to remember that. And then I don't work again, you know? Yeah. Like being somebody, being somebody who's reliable is incredibly valuable. Yeah. And every editor remembers the guy that's on time and easy to work with and does a decent page. Yeah. They will, they like, I've, I've been, I've been out of, uh, I've been out of big two for, you know, probably the last, uh, three or four months because I've been working on this image book. Yeah. And I still get emails from them being like, hey, uh, we we have like a three issue fill in. Can you do it? I'm like, I can't do it, man. I'm in the middle of this thing. But like they oh know that you're the guy who will deliver it. Right. Dude, that's and that's gotta so feel valuable. So, that's got to feel so good, though. It's great. Because it, most I people would terrible. be like, most people would not be able to do that. Like, yeah, my, my mean, guys, I have turned down in the last year. I've turned down two dream books and I, it's killing me oh man can you absolutely killing me can yeah, yeah, you yeah. name any of the characters you don't name the book no I'll, I'll name the books i don't i don't care i don't think I, i'm do I'm, it I'm in any show so um i was i was the first artist they asked to do rogan gambit oh i wanted i wanted to do that book so bad yeah um but i'd already agreed that i was going to do this image thing and I, I, to, and like i was saying before like it felt like something i had to do right like I, yeah. it was something that it was going to be something i could own soup to nuts i wasn't going to have to hand the colors off to something and then like try to tweak what they were doing it was like no i can sit down i can spend this year i can just make the thing that i want to make and yeah like, <sighs> if, if anything sucks about it it's my fault right and i i, yeah. I love that feeling <laughs> for yeah. whatever reason yeah. Yeah, same here. Same um, here. And then the other one, uh, I don't, I don't think I can talk about the other one because I don't know if it's been announced yet. But yeah, it was another one with an X Men character that, a, a very specific X Men character that I love, 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 and have always wanted to draw. And it was like, was I, wait, I can't do it. You could just because it's audio. You was it Honey Badger? No, it, look, <laughs> I, no, 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 no. Because I know that's been, one of your favorite characters. I know you love Honey Badger. I, I, yeah. I told them, I told them, I told the guys on this book that it is like if they come with me with a Honey Badger book, I'm out. Like the, I'll come back. I promise you, I'll come back. But I'm doing that book. Uh, yeah. That that was not it. Um, okay. So just thought I'd throw it out that you didn't. Like I said you didn't have to say yes. Or yeah, no. yeah, 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 yeah. No, 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 no. Shake your head. No, no. It's all good. It's all good. <laughs> it, it was not though. Um, but uh, that would be great. I, I, I think that's super admirable though, man. Like I, I, I think I find that like beautiful that because like for a lot of artists, uh, especially in this industry, it like the, 
for me, like the only two companies I haven't worked for have been Marvel and DC, right? Mm -hmm. um, at least officially. Well, I'll throw that out there. Officially. And so, <laughs> you know, when you're on those dockets, like you're, th there's a special, uh, I don't know, uh, gravitas that comes with, uh, you know, saying that you worked on a Marvel or DC book. And the fact that mm -hmm. you're able to turn those down, I, there's a lot of people that wouldn't be able to do that. They would push their, their dreams aside and be like, doesn't matter, man. This is, I'm going to go for Marvel. Like this, it's Marvel and DC, you it's, know? And look, I'm going to tell you, it's a, it's a really, really, really hard. This, it's a tough decision to make. Like, sure. You, yeah, just I, the you money alone, my wife right? on here. You should get my wife on here. I should agonized. I kill you? I, no, no, no. I agonized over this decision. I was oh, like, really? I don't know if, I don't know if I can do this. Like, I, I want to do it. I think I'm, I think I can kill this book. Um, it's going to be so fulfilling from like a creative perspective for me to be able to just, own this thing yeah. yeah and and not have a situation where i look back on it and go man i wish i would have done this differently because or i wish i wish i could have coached this person to do the thing i wanted them to do or yeah. or whatever like it was something i was just like i have to do it i have to do it if i don't do it i'm gonna be i'm gonna be screwed and <clears throat> you know uh, i think i told you we we moved and uh we're right. not living in la anymore it's, it's actually considerably cheaper to live in the midwest it turns out so what the fact that, who would have thought who would have thought <laughs> so the, the fact that i that i never spend any money has actually served me very well because now i i spend even less because the rent's less you know the rent's cheaper right the electricity's yeah. cheaper everything is cheaper so now the fact that i have all this this you know, look, it's not a nest egg, but like I have this, this chunk of change saved up means that, you know, I can, I can take 10 months and, and pray that the royalties are good. <laughs> you right. know? Yeah. And I it's mean, like it's, and it's not going to kill us. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But you know, and also like, and this isn't probably won't happen, but even if you say the project doesn't bear the kind of fruit that you, you're, you're, you're hoping like it, you know, I'm sure it'll do well, mm -hmm. but at the end of the day, you'll at least be able to say, I made this thing. That's mine. I can do something exactly. with it. I could pitch is, it to down the road as a film or whatever. And no one can tell me, or I can get a, I can take it to a toy company. I can do any mm -hmm. kind of developmental deal with it. And there's nobody saying no. That's exactly the point. It, it was, it was about having a thing at the end of this process that I was, that I knew I'd be proud of in a way that sometimes working for a big company like Marvel or DC, you can't necessarily do. And it's, yeah. it's a weird thing to say, right? Because it's like, you know, uh, I have a, I have a more personal relationship with, with the writers. We discuss things, uh, I think a bit more. Cause like, you know, when you're working at Marvel and DC, right? Like they, they everything goes to the editor and it goes to the food chain and then they come back and then they give it to you. And you know, I, I know that there are some artists who will go in and change things drastically. I'm not one of those people that does that. Right. So, yeah. you know, I, I, I've been able to be, you know, somewhat involved, not, not super duper involved in, in the storytelling process, but, you know, I, I, I've given my two cents here and there and, you know, made, made, we've made some tweaks and alterations and sometimes I'll change uh, a layout or whatever based on mm -hmm. sort of a conversation that we have, but like, you know, I feel more personally involved in it. And, um, again, it, it's like, I, so, when I'm drawing a page, I am almost always thinking about how it would be lit, what the tone and the mood is, what colors I would use if I was doing it. And then I turn it in and then I hope that the art, that the colorist I'm working with and I have like a mind meld somehow over the internet. And it is yeah. very, like there are, there's probably been three colorists who really got me. Um, and so 
when you work with those guys, it's great. And when we work with the ones where they don't quite get you, you, you kind of go, okay, that's good. Can we try doing it like this a little bit? And you're trying to kind of coach them in the direction that you want. But ultimately, right. you kind of go, I wish it would have been a little different. Or I wish this thing would have been like this. And I wish they would have used blue here because that would have really communicated the tone more appropriately or whatever. And, you know, so it becomes like a management job right which is the job i left to make comics yeah, i don't want to yeah, yeah yeah right i, I yes, got into comics yeah. because what i want to do is i want to make a thing and at the end of the day here's the page i drew it's going to be in a book in six months right yeah like that very very direct connection between myself the book and the reader right that's what i want and as few intermediaries as there can possibly be between myself and them the better and so if I can own a page soup to nuts, it is such a better feeling because yeah. at the end of the day, I didn't leave anything behind. I, there's nothing that was a half measure. There was nothing where I went, all right, well, that's pretty close. And we're going to, I guess that's going to have to be good enough because it has to go out in a week, you know? Mm -hmm. right. Right. Um, and I don't know, like having, having a eight month period or whatever, being really uncompromising with yourself uh, can be really good. And lead i i think for me at least has, has led to easily the best pages i've ever done I've, I've never been more proud of anything than i than what i have coming up in october whenever or whenever oh. it comes out or whatever that i, um, I mean that's beautiful i mean yeah. and well and that kind of goes that thing where it's like um i feel like artists might not necessarily make the best writers all the time but i feel like you get the best product when the the hands are completely unshackled and mm -hmm. you let the artist's like mind and ability wander and explore and do as much as they can to be if they need to be experimental they're allowed to be experimental it's when they're like kind of put in a box like no you're going to do something this way that way and it's like you're never getting that 110% you're getting maybe like 98 at the at the best i think mm -hmm. sure. when you're trying when you're controlling a like it's, a creator it's tough man no cuz like i i have been trying for years to get a company to like let me write my own stuff because yeah. I, I it's exactly what you're saying is i will because i am an artist and the 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 way that i think about storytelling is very specifically visual. Yeah. I take a lot more chances in my page layouts. I take a lot more chances in my storytelling when I'm writing for myself, right? Mm -hmm. Like yeah. if I were to because like I have a I have like this thing that's been sitting in a I have it the entire thing penciled and it's sitting up in a Dropbox and I've been just been waiting for like a free minute to to ink and color the whole thing. Haven't Holy had the shit. chance yet. Wow. But sure. like one of these days I'm gonna finally finish the thing, right? Yeah. And if you look at the the way that the layouts are done, if you look at the way that like I'm communicating story, it's a hundred percent different than when I'm working with a writer because yeah. I'm I'm able to I approach the visual first and the the dialogue and story is is, is there there's I guess the stories first and then the visuals communicate more of it and then I rely on dialogue way less. Right. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. 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 yeah Cause like, like I, 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 don't, I hate, I don't want to call it a crutch, but like when, when you're thinking about a story visually, you can, you just communicate the entire thing through the images. So the dialogue can just be like, Hey, Oh yeah. Whoa. Right. That's right. all it needs because everything that you need to be told is in the panel. You see, and that's, and, and like, I think when you boil down a comic, like uh, Joe Kubert and I, 
So what I was one of the best conversations I ever had with Joe Cuba. It was like after mm-hmm. hours, no one was around mm-hmm. and it was just whatever. But we we're talking about like fundamentally what is a comic. And, mm-hmm. and he said this thing that I've, I've always like tried to live by where like it, you should be able to read the comic without reading any of the words, not necessarily all the details, but you should be able to tell from just flipping from page one to page 22, mm-hmm. you should be able to tell what the basis of the story is. And if you can't, you've probably failed as an artist. Now that's really, really difficult depending on who's right on like what the script is and how it's written and how you're directed. Because let's be honest, a lot of times you give an art direction by, by, and it might not be coming from the most visual um, conceptualization. You know, it's uh, the conceptualization mm-hmm. is more in like the dialogue rather than mm-hmm. like you said, the visual elements. So it, it it's one of those like, I don't know, like I always find it as a badge of honor where if I work on a book and the writers or the editors have to go, we're going to redo some of this. We're just going to trim some of the fat because we found that the the dialogue is kind of redundant in some panels. We don't need it. And it's like, okay, then I I did my fucking job. Like I told the story accurately. You know, that's what I want. When it doesn't read like a comic from the '60s, where they're where the 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 caption is telling you exactly what's happening in the box, right? Like, yeah, I, yeah, I see it. I don't need you to tell me that. that he Iron ran. Man, he ran uh, across the the rugged yeah. terrain, and it shows a dude running across. <laughs> the yeah, rugged I, terrain. I'm not reading a novel, stupid. Like, I know what's happening. So, but yeah, yeah. No, I I think you're totally right. Like the the if uh, I I think that's I think that's 100 accurate. I think yeah. Yeah, if, yeah. If you can read the book without any dialogue and you know what's happening, then you've done your job as an artist. Right. Love right. And that. that's like all you can ever really hope to do, I think. Cause, and you like, know. you know, I, like, I give props. I used to think when I was younger, like in school, I was like, I don't, I'd look at like, say, like maybe the Archie stuff or, mm-hmm. you know, Betty and Veronica. And I'd be like, oh, it's just like teenagers like talking. And I'm like, that's not, but then I, I look at it now way differently where I'm like, fuck, man, that'd be so tough. That'd be so tough where it's just like the entire comic is geared towards like a joke or a quip of like uh, Archie wore his pants backwards again, uh, you know, at school, <laughs> you know, or like, oh, yeah. they, they spiked his milkshake, you know, mm-hmm. with, with salt, uh, you know, like, I feel like that those might be some of the most difficult scripts to, to handle because you have to make it, you know, like it has to read visually, you know, it has mm-hmm. to, because it has to read visually and, and you yeah. can't rely on, on flash necessarily. Right. Like you can do right. some of that stuff with Archie, but like you have to communicate all that stuff in, you know, in, in a comic that the, uh, gag strips are, are kind of difficult, right? Like, mm-hmm. especially yeah. if, if they're, yeah, I don't know. I, d- I did wild. a gag. I actually did a gag strip that nobody probably has read in the comic industry. I got. Um, I work for Western Horseman Magazine as an illustrator, off and on. Oh, that's and, cool. Uh, yeah, yeah, and um, they had me for a year. Uh, there was a celebrity um, cowboy named Dale, Dale Brisby. Uh, Dale Brisby. Uh, <laughs> Dale Brisby. He even well, had a Netflix yep. show, and uh, and so they had me. They wanted me to take some of his skits off of like Instagram and stuff because he'd do kind of you know that kind of stuff. And turn them into like, okay, in that style, we want you to um, do a comic, like a comic strip, like a a monthly, you know, I don't know, six to five page strip. It's like a, like a Sunday strip with it essentially once a month. Sure. And uh, it was by far the most difficult thing I've ever had to do because I had to write something that had a bit of a punchline, but it also 
had to be like a narrative that relayed cowboy like ranch life and i i'm not a cowboy and i i don't mm-hmm. live on a ranch so yeah but you just went yellowstone like, same same thing right oh yeah just like yellowstone <laughs> yeah. yeah no but and it, and it all had to be like little quips and everything had to be like in character and i i mean it was brutal it kicked my, i spent way too much time it just the writing process kicked my ass and luckily mm-hmm. like i was really good friends with the editor we went to high school together and college so it was one of those where like okay like i could call her and be like katie i'm struggling <laughs> you know like, like <laughs> what do you think here's my four bits for the month which one do you think will work and she'd be like none <laughs> like yeah maybe these are garbage go back yeah yeah it was good. it was really this it, it was dog really shit yeah <laughs> Mm-hmm. She's she nicer than that, thank God. Um, but yeah, <laughs> it, it was difficult, and I don't know. I don't know, and it's one of those where I still now don't know if it if it was a success or not. I just don't know. You know what I mean? Because it came out in the magazine. That was it. You know, like it would come out monthly, and that was it. Yeah. So, but it's hard to tell in general. I mean, like outside of when yeah. you go to cons, I and, and the occasional Twitter blow up. I I have a real <laughs> tough time telling if anybody liked anything I did. You know. Mm-hmm. I, I especially think people, with these smaller books coming out and stuff like that too like with, with this one I'm, I, I have no idea I, I have no idea if we're going to sell any of these stupid things you know? <laughs> like, I, I know that we have some and, and, and you know obviously thank you to, to Gabby's right yeah, but, that's, that's right. right the best shout um, out to Gabby's cards and comics shout out to Gabby's uh, but you know it's like it's a, it's, a, it's a smaller publisher it's a smaller book I really yeah. want people to read it and I want them to enjoy it um, I mean the good thing though on it. Humanoids is really good about getting like I've my big thing is I always want to have books international, and oh yeah, um, oh yeah, and it's it's a it's a real struggle. American publishers are always like, it, that can be kind of costly and a pain in the ass. But it seems like Humanoids is always really good about you know getting you into that European market, which that can open a lot of doors, man. That can open you know, sure. and their I model guess, out there yeah. is so different. I guess we'll see when when it's translated into French. We'll see if any of these gags work. I don't know. <laughs> Have you, because, um, you know, it's music-based and it's also kind of Halloween-y. Have you reached out to, like, any um, kind of, like, music-based news sites or magazine publications? Or have uh, you reached out to, like, Rue Morgue Magazine or something like that? I have like, I can see them really... I'll tell like, you what I have done, though. Um, are you guys familiar with the with the streamer Grimm? No, no. Okay, this dude is the shit. If you guys like, I'm telling you right now, go get on Twitch right now. This dude <laughs> dresses up like a skeleton. Okay. He has like a pirate ship. The, the production values are unfucking believable. He's on a pirate ship in hell. He's dressed up like a What's fucking he skeleton pirate. He plays covers of heavy metal songs, and it's the shit. It is what? absolutely the best show and his stream is so positive he goes out there he fucking rips plays all the solos finishes the song walks up and goes hell yeah <laughs> <laughs> and then like talks it. about the next song he's gonna play and i've sent him a copy and he's pumped to get it and like i'm like i don't even give a shit if he talks about it on the stream i just wanted to get it into his hands oh, it's a cool. comic strip about demons and rock and roll and magic and all this bullshit. I was like, I, I just want him to read it. I just want him to Dude, have it. If he that, talks about it, bonus. <laughs> that's such an interesting though concept though of like, here's a guy that outside of Twitch, you would never know who the fuck he is. You'd never yep. heard of him, but he's probably like got hundreds of thousands of followers. People fucking love this guy. And then if he likes your book, like you could have a whole nother outlet yeah. of readers yep. 
that are completely removed from the comic industry and they're just like you know they're twitch that's twitch the, fans twitch that's readers, the thing that's really really tough with with like comics marketing because i feel like a lot of times people have it at least in, in, in the comics marketing biz have a tendency to go okay well these are the normal pu- publications we reach out to we send it to beat we send it to right policy we send it blah blah, yep. blah 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 and and then they publish the thing but they don't think about the the weird people you could send it to like us that yeah. this book bu- this book might resonate with right so like yeah. you don't think to send it to the guy that plays heavy metal on twitch you don't think to send it to the the lady that does the the drum covers on tiktok right like you don't think yeah. about doing that and it's like this this might resonate with that person yeah and they might be cool enough to like have it on on put it in one of their videos or something like that right yeah so you know um that's that's the kind of weird outreach that i've been trying to do and it, 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 the thing I, that's, that's smart i think it's really smart well, the thing that's that's nice about it too is that because you are the creator of the book and they are the creator of the videos, like you have that commonality between you. Right. Yeah. And you can send and be like, hey, I just want to send you this thing. I, I hope you like it. And if they like it, they might talk about it. And in some cases they will. In other, other cases they don't. And you've just sent somebody that you appreciate the, the work of something and they've been, you know, it, in, in in like the content creation world, and I hate using that term because it, it feels so reductive, but like in the I content know. creation world, here's a person who's created a bunch of content that ostensibly you've probably been watching on your phone for free. Here's a way right. to give back to them. Maybe they'll like your thing. Maybe they'll talk about it. Maybe they won't. But like, you know, it's it's all this fair exchange of creative bullshit that we do to yeah. kind of give each other a piece of ourselves. S- speaking and, of bullshit, know. I'll be right back. I, Is it, I do you, Does Ted have to do a deuce? I got to go hit, as a, a nautical term, I got to go hit the head. <laughs> oh, wow. Oh, man. I, I, I talked the shit out of this poor guy. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I stepped away a couple minutes ago. Well, probably like an hour ago for a few minutes. I had, because uh, yeah. it's Easter Sunday, uh, a, a buddy of mine um, smoked a ham and he lives a few minutes from me and he was i was like dude your ham looks so good man and he was like you want me to just you want me to just bring you some and i'm like fuck yeah i do and so he he drove over and brought me some ham and i have to say some of the best ham i've ever had in my life right there fresh smoked neighbor ham yeah that's that's the dream yeah and you're living it man. I, i'm you know i'm living it so we uh and here we are on easter sunday and i'm talking about books about demons in hell what oh uh, no. you know what that's that's even that makes it even better that yeah, makes it so even it's better. So subversive. Yeah, yeah. So, have you been to any since you since you moved out to uh, Minnesota, the Midwest? Have you been to any cons out there? Um, no. Uh, if I'm going to be super duper honest with you, I'm really, really COVID averse. I've had it once. I did not like it. Yeah. It took me out of commission for a month, and I really can't afford to do it again. Fair enough. You know. Um. It. Uh yeah, I, I I hate saying it because like I know everybody wants to move on with their lives and stop sure. wearing masks and all that shit, but like, uh it 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 fucked me up and I didn't like it and I'm trying not to get it again, man. I I, I don't want to go through it again. <laughs> I you know I I can't blame you. And the one the one time uh I got COVID was all of us, me, Tad, my cousin, my wife, my son, we all got it uh at a convention. So yeah, I, I, yeah, yeah, I don't yeah. necessarily blame you. Yeah, here. yeah. Like, I, I, you know, especially with, especially considering the fact that, like, again, I'm, I'm working unpaid for ostensibly a year. I lose a month, and like, you know, suddenly we're we're beyond a year, right? Right. Like, I, yeah. I, lo- I lost. Uh, it was three weeks or a month. Uh, just, be, just being sick, and yeah. it sucked. It was absolutely terrible. Yeah. And thank God. Thank God I wasn't on a on a big two book when it happened, because otherwise I'd been like, hey, sorry guys, I can't work. 
like uh, I, I can't breathe. <laughs> so, right. Yeah. It's, it's no fun. Uh, so, so yeah. Um, uh, it's, it's been real unfortunate because the, the God's honest truth is, is, uh, Cons were one of my favorite things to do. I know some people get real grumpy about them, but I loved them. I, I love sitting there and giving dumb pitches for uh, books and and meeting people and saying hi and signing shit and drawing pictures for people. And it, that's the best great. part, right? It's, it's the best part. You finally get to interact with the people that read because it's you do this. You're you're in like your your cavern of solitude, mm-hmm. and you don't you kind of forget that like oh yeah. There's a lot of people that are actually reading this stuff. Mm-hmm. And then you go to a con and all of a sudden, like, there's people that they've based their whole weekend around coming and seeing you and having you sign a book or just just make, just making contact with you in some shape or form. And I don't know, we just had that. We we're just down in Seattle for Emerald City. Mm-hmm. And I had kind of lost touch with that aspect. Mm-hmm. And it was... And I, I never look forward to cons. I always am like, oh no. And I get a little grumpy. I'll be honest. I get grumpy like, fuck the travel and all that. Oh, it's a huge pain in the ass. <laughs> it's a massive pain in the ass. But then you get there and it was like, you inter- start interacting with people and you're like, oh shit, that's right. That's why we do all this. Like we're really, yeah. it's like, you're, you're not just toiling away for no reason. You're actually like bringing some happiness into somebody's life. Mm-hmm. You know, like and there's a reason I, that you're telling these stories and it's because yeah. you, there's something in you that you want to share with somebody else. Right. And yeah. when that part of you connects with somebody else, it's, I mean, it's incredible. It's, it's the, it's the best feeling for you and them. Right. Yeah. It, it's such a buzz. Like I'm, I don't know. It's one of those where it always makes me realize, Oh, I, I don't really have much an interest in being like a pinup artist or a cover artist. I mean, don't get me wrong it's cool and I love it. And I think that also like it pays probably better than being a comic, just sure. a comic book guy. But man, the, the storytelling aspect is like, that's where I feel like that's where the love is. That's where yeah. like you can actually connect with, with other human beings, you know, that, that's where it's at for me, man. I, yeah. I fucking hate commissions. I, I 100% hate it. Oh, thank you. Okay. I always feel so bad. Cause like no. I'll get hit up for them. And I, sometimes I say, yes, most of the time I say no, I'll do sketches at cons, but I always do them real cheap. Just, you know, cause Same. I feel bad. I don't, I always feel like one I'm giving because of the circumstances of like being at a weird table and stuff. I always feel like I'm drawing under what I could actually do. So mm-hmm. I'm like, it's a sketch. I'm going to, it's going to be cheap, whatever. Um, cause I, like I said, I just always feel bad, but mm-hmm. commissions. Yeah. I don't, uh, no, I, I know I, I can make a lot more money doing them, but I just don't, I just, no. I hate them. Dude, I, I tell you, because like I, I do them so rarely that when I tell people I'm going to like, uh, hey, I'm opening up my commissions on on Twitter and like people flood the mentions. They're like, oh, my God, I can finally get one. Right. Yeah. I But, like you know, I. I'm not. I don't draw comics because I just want to draw a cool picture like I draw yeah. comics because I want to tell a story. Right. And right. the best way to do that is with sequential pages. Right. Yeah. You can tell a certain amount of story with a single image, obviously. But sure. you know, like just drawing a cool picture of the Hulk, I don't, I don't give a shit about that. Like that, that, that does no. not get me pumped, right? Like, but how I'm going to communicate the, the, you know, the, the monster burst out of the ground and that he's destroying this building, and then how the people are reacting to it, like, and, and, and then how, how the heroes are gearing up to, to, to fight him, like that's the shit I get pumped about. Like, yeah, yeah. that's that, yeah. how I'm going to lay all of that information out is is interesting to me, interesting to me now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah no, I'm. uh I'm right there with like Brian and I talk about it all the time. Oh yeah, because you know Brian's always like, dude, 
Yeah. Like you should really just, you know, do some pinups, man. Like, come on. Yeah. Like you love Godzilla. You love, you know, all these characters you've worked on them. Just do, you know, do a cool Casey Jones. I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'm going to do it. And then push comes to shove. Bry, what happens? You don't do it. Yeah, exactly. I do. I tell you to do it so you can sell them as prints, man. Yeah. Yeah. No, you know? exactly. It, it, it's, <laughs> but I, I, I rather, it, I always come down to like, shit, I'd rather do like work on a small zine or, yeah. you know, try mm-hmm. and get, uh, you know, take, you know, if I got, got the no that's what that's what i I think it was before fucking uh my first emerald city i i had like three weeks and i cranked out a 30 page zine before it oh shit and i was like i'd rather have had this than made you know five new prints or something like that because it was like a it was a dumb story it was very stupid but like i really enjoyed it it got It got absolutely roasted on a zine blog, and it was <laughs> what? Oh, really? yeah, got, yeah. They thought it was stupid, and I was like, "It is stupid." Like, I don't know. <laughs> Here's my thing with that, though. It was it like, was a thing where somebody very clearly thought it was going to be something, and it turned out to be something completely different. And they were, were a little disappointed. I, I have a real problem with that, though. Like, why? I mean, I guess it comes to that positivity thing that we were we were kind of talking about earlier. Yeah, it's like. I don't understand. Like Brian and I will talk about things like that we don't like. Like usually we'll like movies. If a movie comes out, we'll be like, we both watched it. This is why we liked. It. This is why we disliked it. Whatever that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. And we do it here on here all the time, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, we're always. But like, at least when it comes to comics and stuff, because I know it's like it's usually like one or two, maybe three guys or gals putting a, a story together. Like mm-hmm. I can, if I didn't like it, I'm not gonna. I'm going to just, if I'm going to review it, I'm just going to talk about the highlights. Like, yeah, maybe the story wasn't great, but man, the production value was fucking awesome. You know what I mean? Or yeah. the concept was really great. Or, you know, like mm-hmm. the, this one character they developed was fantastic. It's like, it's so labor intensive and so hard. It's not, it's usually not a village putting a comic together. It's, um, it's a handful of people that are, <laughs> you know what I, I mean? Have, I, I have so much trouble now talking shit about anybody's comics publicly yeah. having to, it's such it's such hard work yeah. and it's so unrewarding like financially and it can yeah. be really really soul crushing in a lot of ways but yeah. like i know that the reason that they're doing it is because again there's there's something about them that has to do it right and i have right. a lot of respect for that and even if you're not good at it even if i think your draftsmanship sucks fucking you sat down and you did it Right. And so yeah. I'm I'm never going to I don't I don't like taking anything away from anybody that's that's doing the job. It's, it's also the thing I think I said it in our last episode was uh uh the thing you hate the most is somebody else's favorite thing. Right? Absolutely. So, you know, yeah, the yeah, comic yeah. that you hate the most could be somebody you know's favorite is going to be somebody's favorite book. You that's know? right. Cap oh, Wolf, yeah. man. It's, I mean, Cap Wolf <laughs> is like maybe the greatest thing I've ever done with Captain America outside of Bob Quinn's run. You know, I mean, like, uh, that's very kind of you. I looked back at those pages <laughs> recently. You're being very kind. <laughs> what? Okay, I'll give you. All right, you know what? I was lying. It's second to Capwolf. Okay, I'm sorry. Okay, right? I I accept it. Yeah. <laughs> no, man, it's it's hard. Um, yeah, but you no, know, that's 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 a super good point. You know, because like there's there's a there's a lot of artists that resonate with people that I don't understand. Yeah, you know, sure. Like again, again, I, I, I'm not going to sit here and like name names about it because again, it's it's fucking hard work, and I don't want to take anything from anybody. But like, I look at that and I go, "You guys like that?" I was like, "Okay, yeah, that's not yeah. my thing, though." You know, same, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, well, and, um, and I think uh, you know when it comes to like, uh, 
stories, just stories in general. Uh, I think head cannon is one of the worst things that can happen. Um, oh, if yeah. that makes sense, we're like, oh, well, this didn't go the way I thought it was going to go. So therefore, yeah. therefore, it's bad. I had been yeah. speculating about it, and and the version of the story that I had concocted in my head differed from the way that you took it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I think everybody does. You know, we all I'm do a, it. I'm a we all I'm do a real it. nasty Star Wars armchair quarterback. Same. When it comes to oh. writing that stuff. Oh, um, dude. Yeah. Oh, we were, <laughs> we just, were just talking about before you came on. We were yeah. just talking about the the new uh, Ahsoka trailer and uh, all the announcements from uh, Star Wars Celebration, and and you know, even I had said I I, I do it too. You know, I because they're finally. They're they're loosely adapting the the Thrawn trilogy now. They're starting it, mm-hmm. and uh, I had said I said in my opinion, the Thrawn trilogy should have been the sequel trilogy. Um, I would have been I would have been okay with that. Yeah, yeah. You and know. I'm over here. I'm over here just kind of slowly going cross eyed because I know like five characters, the five characters from Star Wars, and that's mm-hmm. it. And that's you know? okay. Yeah. My my big gripe is that I I wanted the uh, I wanted the Ahsoka show to be animated. Like oh yeah oh like I I loved like uh, Rebels, Star Wars Rebels for me was one of the best Star Wars shows. Hundred percent agree. Ever, so ever good. It was so so good. good. Um and and her growth in and the stuff that they did with her in that show was so good. And I was like, uh, I was like, okay, yeah, um, Rosario Dawson's cool and everything, but like, could I just go back to the to the animated show that I really? Because like, like this the Sabine Ahsoka like relationship was cool, and I thought like them adventuring in an animated galaxy thing together would be rad. Yes, um, you know, I'll I'll watch this thing. Oh know, yeah, I've watched I'm all the rest of them. Very excited. Yeah, um, very excited. Are, are you watching the? Did you uh, are, did you watch the Bad Batch? I haven't finished the bad guys. Oh yet. man! I haven't finished Andor yet. Um, we're we're picking our way through the Mandalorian right now. I think we we're almost caught up. We might. Be Which one, one is Andor? Uh, it's the one with um Rogue One prequel. It's the Rogue yeah, One the prequel. Ro- yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. It's very did, good. Very I did, good. Like I really enjoyed Rogue One. I think it was because for someone like me who doesn't, I'm not all wrapped entrenched in the all the details of the series i could watch rogue one and it was just a nice like standalone and there was new characters and then like you know of course vader shows up at the end which you're like oh that's fun like yeah. that was and that was <laughs> badass you know like it was cool. Yeah. um but yeah no it's, it's it's interesting being i guess an out like a an outsider listening to like brian go yeah. like uh dissect yeah. well, all the things that are well i want mandalorian's the only show i stay up till midnight to watch so on midnight t- tuesday <laughs> midnight i'm up i'm watching it and i pay for it every wednesday but i still do it i love it Worth i can't it. get enough no it, no it's a it's a fun it's a fun show i've i've been enjoying yeah. and like and, and this season i think they really like the the production value got up to a to a level that was really oh yeah incredible yeah, because like, like in the, in the first early seasons, you could tell that they were definitely using like their their screen room, yeah, and like, like kind of shooting around stuff, and it felt sort of limited. But like now, there's like space battles and giant monsters flying around and shit. And I was like, dude, this is they they've taken this up a notch. This is a good show. Well, and they were, uh, I think Katie Sackhoff was saying that like to shoot like the eight episode season that they just shot, it mm-hmm, took yeah. them six months to shoot like the eight episode season, which is like as much as a, you know, 22 episode, like basic cable TV show, which is just incredible. Um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, No, I'm, I'm loving it. I, I, but that's, see, you know, I'm going to tie this back to our previous conversation. Yeah. My wife, my wife gets very into, uh, into speculating and like headcanon and where is it going to go and what's happening. I do it too. 
Yeah. And, but but I, I'm very much like I'm like let's let's let them tell the story that they're gonna tell. Let's see where they. That's what my wife does. I don't know what they're gonna do. <laughs> She's like she, she gets mad when I tell her because like a, like a few times I've been I've been right a couple of times and so she mm-hmm. gets mad when I'm right because then she says I spoiled it for her. I'm like I didn't spoil oh, it for you. It's not like spoilers. I, I said a guess. I made a guess. Like I can't help it if I'm right. Like <laughs> yeah, you're just good at this. All yeah. right, that's I mean, this all. This is just what I do. You know. <laughs> But yeah. Oh man. Wow. Wow. Yeah. I I should just get. I should become one of the cool guys and actually get into. You know Star what? Wars. You do you. At this point, you you just one of the cool guys who likes Star Wars. The fuck are you <laughs> talking about? You <laughs> know, this nerd shit. Okay. I know. I know. Th- that's the thing. Is like ever since I got in the industry, I've always been felt like the guy that gets made fun of because I don't know about this you, stuff. You're like, not the to, nerd, therefore you're the nerd. Yeah. Like yeah. when I went to the Cuber School, it was like fucking nerd you don't know you didn't, you didn't read all of the x-men ever made from like 1985 till now i'm like i don't know i know jubilee and wolverine <laughs> who's who's that yeah <laughs> you know like i yeah and it's just one of those like it's been interesting because i i nerd out about some stuff mm-hmm. um yeah you asked me about alpha flight I'll, i know some shit <laughs> <laughs> well the, you know what's actually wild is that um i you know uh because when you draw an x-men comic you get invited onto x-men podcasts and stuff okay and then um so i did not read a lot of x-men growing up i did watch a lot of the x-men cartoon yeah i did um yeah. the I, animated I read, I series a, right yeah animated yeah. yeah the animated series i I, wa- I read a few but like i wasn't like a huge comics reader until like the 90s i read a ton of image stuff like when sylvester was doing his shit right right yeah so um the the bonus is that so i drew drew a bunch of infinity comics for the uh for marvel unlimited right right so i get a marvel unlimited subscription so i can check shit out and see how it's going and then you get invited on these podcasts and then they like start i got invited on the one where like they basically go through like old comics of the 60s yeah. And like you go, you read like an old X-Men issue from 1967 or whatever, and you talk about it on the, on the show and having that subscription and having been on these podcasts, I've actually started going back. So like I, I've been going through all the new mutant stuff now, and I finally got to when Sinkevich showed up. Oh, wow. And it was, it was so wild. Cause it's really? like, yeah. Cause like, ne- I never read any of that. I've always wanted to. I, I, if you, if you have an extra 60 bucks or whatever lying around, just get Marvel Unlimited. You will it will pay for itself in a week if you if you're reading regularly. It's true. It's a and great, great subscription. Yeah. So so I was I was like, okay, well, screw it. I'll I'll read new episodes. This, ep- this episode of BTR is brought to you by Marvel Unlimited. Marvel Unlimited. Read Alligator Loki on it, you jerks. Us. <laughs> um <laughs> But so I was reading it and I was like, man, uh, you know, the, the the these new mutant stuff it feels kind of dated, man. It's like a lot of that stuff we were talking about. They ran across the plains and the, the <laughs> cannonball, the man of you, know, you can smash in, into stuff. And like, I was like, okay, okay, okay. And then I finally get to that, you know, the the very famous Sinkevich, uh, Danny Moonstar bear storyline. Yeah. And it's like, oh my God. It's like so revelatory. Really? And that, so, like Claremont changes the way he writes suddenly uh-huh. when, when Sinkevich shows up, because now he can rely on this guy who's going to do wild shit in the panels. Yeah, and like, and like, I after that initial bear story, he kind of gets into a more standard, you know, paneling and stuff like that. But like that, that first series is 
unbelievably incredible. Like it's really an amazing read. Jip. And I hadn't read it until recently. And um, I'm so, so glad I did. So yeah, Marvel Unlimited, New Mutants, go read it. It's good. If you haven't, have you out. probably I have already. <laughs> <laughs> I, I've been, I was, I was really bad. I'm not, um, I'm not very fluent when it comes to, like, I don't know a lot of the characters. I still don't. Um, I probably should, but I don't know. You don't have to, you don't, you don't have to know any of this crap. It's fine. Uh, it's fine. Who's going to get, who's going to get mad at you? <laughs> I need, I, I, well, yeah, that's a good point. I don't know. In, in my, I guess if I was like, really like, oh, I want to be like Werner Herzog. I only read like one or what is he? He watches one movie a year. Doesn't know. I watch one movie a year, and you are. I I don't know who the actors are. (laughs) I want to see the baby. I'd like to see the baby. (laughs) (laughs) But somehow they get him for Star Wars. Yeah, (laughs) dude, it's the worst too. Because like, um, when I when I did Way of X, I'm gonna I'm gonna reveal my fake geek girl bullshit. Okay. Um, They they pitched it to me. They're like, oh, we're we're gonna bring back Onslaught, and I was like, oh, cool. I was like, what the fuck is Onslaught? Yeah, I remember him from the Marvel Capcom game. I was like, I think he was it. in the Marvel Capcom game. He's that big red and purple guy, I guess. I'm like, oh, I really know. That. And then you know, like uh, uh, I told a couple friends about it, and they were like, "Ooh, onslaught!" And I was like, "Oh, is, does he have a bad reputation?" And then I, I learned all this other stuff, and like <laughs> apparently the original story wasn't that great. A lot of people had some problems with it. I was like, "Oh, all right." So <laughs> you know, sometimes I'll get involved in these books, and I'm all like, "Oh, okay, yeah, I want to draw Nightcrawler. He's cool." And then all the other stuff comes along. And there's all this baggage I don't realize. <laughs> always well that, so that's kind of anything with i mean well you guys were just talking about star wars like i might not know about star wars but i know about all of the fan baggage that comes with it because you it's almost louder than uh than the series itself yeah you know what i mean yeah at this point and they're, and they're so mean and they just they just bully these people it's like these actors know, that are like this no this is the I, opportunity I, of a lifetime and now you're fucking shitting on me because you didn't insane. like the movie like, like I, I can't do anything about it man I'll be I'll be super honest, right? Like I didn't really like the the Ryan Johnson Star Wars, right? Yeah, it it, it, it wasn't my same, thing, right? Is that the most recent? Was the no, Last no, Jedi? It's, it's it's the, the middle one. Last Jedi. Yeah, yeah the middle oh. the middle one. I, it okay. it didn't do anything for me, right? Um, yeah. But uh, the idea that people were like attacking Kelly Marie Tran on on the internet is completely insane to me. Yeah, she didn't write it. She didn't direct it. She's just an actor. Yeah, she, she, played mecha- she played a mechanic, right? Yeah, yeah, she played a mechanic, yeah. and she did the she, she did, she the did best a good she job could with what they gave her. She did a good yeah. job. Yeah, leave her alone. Yeah, I don't understand. I don't. The people need to turn off the fucking internet. That is the first thing they need to do because, like, the, these very online people go completely insane. Yeah, like I, I can't. They, they bully this poor girl, poor girl off the internet because she played a character they didn't like. Yeah, uh, I like to hope that it's just like that. Ninety five percent are are okay, and then it's the five percent who are loud and terrible. I hope. But even those five percent, they're, like, what, they're what, awful. What are you? What yeah. are you doing? Yeah, like it, you, yeah. you're we'll mad. Your you, don't, you don't even like, understand how it works. I think maybe the parents didn't hug them enough. And yeah, problem, yeah. right? Like. But but you know what I mean? It's like you're not even you're not even directing your anger in the right place. No. Right. Yeah. Talk uh, to the writer if you're unhappy. Yeah. yeah. There's probably there's probably a lot to be said there though. Like what 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 deep hurt? Right. Please call into the show. What deep hurt has caused you to yell <laughs> at an actor in a Star Wars movie? Uh dial in one eight hundred five 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 Tiger Milk. And <laughs> uh, Bob will diagnose what's wrong with you. <sighs> Therapy hour. You're going to love it.
we're going to help you here tonight. That's the next segment. That's the newest segment. I, yeah, I love it. Therapy yeah, hour with yeah. Bob. Yeah. I mean, Instead I, of uh, Love Line, will be Tiger yeah. Tail. This is a new another episode of Tiger Tail. Tiger with, Tail with Bob Quinn. Hi, 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 listeners. Please call in. <laughs> sort out whatever whatever's wrong. What, whatever's troubling you tonight. O- only nerd shit, though. Only nerd only shit. shit. Yeah. yeah. What pissed you off in the X Men universe? You don't like Krakoa. Let's talk about that. <laughs> um. Hi. Uh. First long time long time listener. First time caller. Yes. Yes. Um, Hello. I I was reading the latest Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles book, mm. and and I just realized I don't understand why there's a fifth Ninja Turtle. That's a girl. Um, why are the turtles going woke and they're taking away my childhood? Thank you. I'll take your comments offline. Uh, this is supposed to be a conversation, so I'm a little lost. How old are you? You can't uh, tell me. I'm, You're I'm, off the air. I'm, I'm still here. I'm, 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 I'm 45. Sometimes it's okay to let new kids have your thing and do what they're going to do with it. It's okay. <laughs> You'll always have those stories. They didn't go anywhere. It's okay. <laughs> Next caller. Uh, I think all of my 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 advice would just be would just be, hey man, settle down. It's all good. Yeah, it's like, okay. Like, what, what They're was, still there. No, nothing, nothing on this world ever gets worse if you just chill out for a second. Yeah, <laughs> I'm so yeah. mad about Star Wars. Hey man, just just chill out for a second. Just go watch Empire Strikes Back, dude. It's okay. Yeah. It's still Empire's, there. Empire's still great. Still yeah. great movie. Still gonna like it. God, yeah. I want to watch Empire now. Yeah, same. Um, you know, yeah. I, I I say I, like. I say this like, oh man, people need to chill out. But when it comes to the Jurassic Park, anything Jurassic Park, I don't. I have no chill. I have no chill. Yeah, you know, it does not no surprise chill. me that you're a zero chill Jurassic Park guy. Yeah. <laughs> I just don't watch the movie. I don't, like the the latest one. I just didn't watch it. I just was like, I can't. Couldn't bring yourself to do it. No, I tried. When I, I now what what prevented you from firing up the Jurassic Park engine? Tell me. Ah, uh, let's let's talk about this. Just. <laughs> This is my new favorite I, thing. God damn it. When I watch that when when I watch that raptor dive under the ice and then swim around to tr- to like come up behind the actors to attack them, I mm-hmm, mm-hmm. wanted to rip my eyes out with spoons. And I don't know why I shouldn't I shouldn't care, but it was just so stupid. I just it was, it was too like dumb. But was it exciting? I no. It's just goofy. So that's just a failure of execution. Look, man. I know. I know. A lot of uh, 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 very smart people can make very bad movies. And that's that's the <laughs> truth. Okay? I spent a lot of time in Hollywood before I was in comics. And I spent a lot of time in video games. A lot of very smart people everywhere. And a lot of people will get together and they're very smart and they'll work very hard. And sometimes a stupid thing comes out. There's just not a ton you can do about it. <laughs> Art is not perfect. That's right. And the execution thereof is difficult. God, it's telling a story is hard. Nobody sets out to make a bad movie, right? No yeah. one sets out to I'll make a bad what, movie. I'll tell you what. I was not I was like ambivalent on the Super Mar- the new Super Mario Brothers movie and mm-hmm. then uh my my 8-year-old Max, he went and saw it on Friday and then he played me a song like, it's like I guess you can download the soundtrack or whatever from iTunes. And, is, it, uh, is it the Peaches song? Yes, from Jack it's Black. So it's so good. I- so so dad jack bruh bruh i get this is my impersonation of of little brian bruh bruh super mario brothers 
<laughs> bruh. Bruh. Yeah. You don't you don't even know. That's accurate. Bruh. No, but so so Tad, uh Jack Black plays Bowser and he sings a, a love ballad for Peaches. I'm in. It's, for Princess I'm in. Peaches. I'll watch I'll watch the movie now. I'm in. Phenomenal. I just it heard really the song. I just heard the song and I was like, I'm in. I want to see this Me movie too. now. I had the yeah. same thing. I, I heard the song and I was like, yep. I love it. I, I'm probably gonna have to see this movie now. <laughs> also, uh, uh, for those of you, Jack Black is in the the newest episode of uh, or episode six of The Mandalorian, and uh, and now I want a musical about his time with the Empire. Give me that. Uh, it, it. I mean, Tenacious D is probably working on it as we. Speak. I hope so. <laughs> oh man, that would be so good. You know, th- they did a good job with like all the Marvel movies where they for a while they were doing like genre films, right? So it was like. Ant-Man was like a heist movie yeah. and all this stuff. Yeah. Like they should do that with Star Wars as well, where like they do, you know, they do the genre movies, but then they need to have Jack Black come in and do the musical. Yep. Star Wars a musical. It'd be killer. Everybody would love it. Mostly just me though. That I would on. love it. I would. Yeah. Yeah. Hands down. Yeah. Oh, and the, uh, the other trailer that got me crazy excited is that new into the spider verse trailer. Yes. Like, I, oh man, yeah, but, uh, yeah. We should talk about because the actual trailer finally dropped, and like before, it was just the teaser, right? And yeah. um, it, I finally watched it like well, two days ago. Mm-hmm. Oh man, those it, guys! The, I'm telling you, the second that uh, a animation studio finally realized that you don't have to be Pixar, you can do your own shit, and those guys just shook up. Yeah, the entire industry well, in, in one movie because they went fuck those guys. They're the ones that are trying to make the super photorealistic stuff with like the great render man engine and stuff like that. What if we went in completely the opposite direction? Yeah, yeah. and R- rough and God dirty, man. Did. Yeah, rough and dirty. We're gonna take down the frame rate. We're gonna we're gonna use weird like comic book screen tone bullshit in the backgrounds. Like yeah. we're gonna do bizarre shit. And thank God they did thank because God. like well, I was at a point with w- before that movie came out where I had seen. I'd been going to movies really, really regularly, and I was like, "I've seen everything. I've seen all the movies. Yeah. You're never gonna, you're never gonna shock me with a movie. I'm never gonna mm-hmm. be astounded again." And then I saw that one, and by the end of it, I was like, "I, I, I could, I, I literally could not speak. I didn't know what I'd seen." Yeah, it was yeah. so revolutionary. Did I cry out. multiple times in that theater? Yes, I did. It's yeah. absolutely, and I was like, "It's fucking Spider Man!" Like we all know the movie. Uncle Ben dies and great power, yeah. great responsibility. But it was so good. Yeah, it was so good. Everything about it was was executed with such an incredible, at such an incredible level that it was just like, again, it, it was mind blowing. I'd yeah. never seen anything like it. And to be to be at our age and to see something new. Is something yeah. special, you know? Um, it's, it's I think it's the only forget. Marvel movie that I like in the last few years that I've actually gone back and rewatched. And if you, and, and if not, you, so not that that means anything that I personally went and rewatched it, but it's just more saying that, like, you know, all the even, even like the really, you know, like the, I guess the better ones, like, um, I don't know, name one Winter Soldier or something. Yeah. Like, it's good, but once you see it, it's like, okay, yeah, yeah. I got it. It's locked in. Like, oh, there's some cool stuff. You know, but like, I seem like every time, the second time watching it, there was so much shit that I picked up on, like just background character design and just weird mm-hmm. effects and Kingpin making him. On, yeah. Is it still on Netflix? Cause like I fired it up on Netflix a little while ago and, and watched it again. And I was like, it, it, it was, it was one of those things where it was an amazing experience in the theater, but like even at home, I was like, fuck, it's still good. Yeah. Like, it's still, it's yeah. still great. 
I think I, it's streaming. Is it Bri? Like I don't know. I, know. We, uh, I own it, so I don't know. I we bought oh, the Blu-ray. Okay. So, you circumvented yeah. the entire what platform is it on just by I, owning it? I Smarty did. pants. And, <laughs> and you can see the inspiration that it's that it's created because like if you look at the trailer, the teaser for the new uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie, I mean they mm-hmm. definitely like took from that, and that movie looks yeah. excellent. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's nice that people figured out that they don't have to all look the same. Yeah, like, you know, they, you can you have a computer there, use it, make it do something yeah. weird, see what yeah. happens. You know, that's a really good point though, because like DreamWorks and Pixar and um, you know even like Netflix. All of them kind of like it was. It almost seemed like you get hear like, oh, from we got the same animators who worked on Toy Story three. They're now mm-hmm. working on this next, you know, Netflix thing or this DreamWorks thing, and they all looks great. But like you said, yeah, it all had kind of a similar. They're all running in the design. same direction, and yeah. suddenly yeah. this this one studio went. Well, what if we ran in completely the opposite direction? Let's run off the highway and go onto this dirt road and see where it takes us. And it and it took it it took us to someplace so special, like mm-hmm. as people who like you know and all. I'll also throw out there, not to not to not to bring it back to the Mandalorian again, but my favorite episode of the Mandalorian season three uh, was directed by one of the directors of Into the Spider Verse. So, oh, wow. oh, which which episode was that? That was episode five when they take back Navarro from the pirates. Oh, we <laughs> we just watched that yeah. one actually. Yeah, yes. that was really good. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, I didn't. I, I was about to say something, and I was like, well, I want to. I want to. I'm, I'm gonna have to watch it now because I want to. I'm. You know, like certain directors always have certain things that they, uh, you know, are known for. Certain yeah. Style points. I wonder. I imagine there's probably some kind of rollover a little bit, at least in like action or sp- timing or like that flow. seaweed. That seaweed pirate captain is my favorite though. Oh yeah, Swamp Thing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Swamp Thing. Great. Dude rules. He's awesome. Or, yeah, cool. yeah, yeah. I, I don't know that. I, I don't know when I when I watched it. I went, oh, this is definitely this feels like an Into the Spider Verse thing. I don't know. It, it, it's it's a great episode. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I'd have to I'd have to watch again and see if like I can see any overlap. But I, um, same here. Same here. Bri. Yeah. Bri. It's time for the question. This questions. Oh, okay. The okay. Questions. Yeah. Jeez. Yeah. All right. All right. All right. All right. All right. So question question number one. What mm-hmm. is and I, I feel like we're about 50-50 at this point from people that we've asked. Um, easily. What, easily. What is the more iconic theme song, Magnum P.I. or the A-Team? Not song, intro. You changed it. It's always been oh, intro. Oh, intro. Oh, same th- intro song. It meant to be intro song. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but everybody, I mean, right. you're going to think T- visually. Oh. It's because it's like a music video. Take right? it how you yeah. want. Yeah, yeah. You know what? That's actually really, really hard. But it, it, the problem is, A Team is so personal for me because I loved it when I was a kid. Yeah, and like that that intro is so ingrained in my head that I probably would have to say A Team. But it's it's a real close race for me. Same. Yeah, I agree. It, yeah. It's a real neck and neck. That that real awesome like beat drop there. You know, where it's all serious and serious, and then boom, it drops and yeah. it just gets high speed and yeah. epic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. It's fantastic. Yeah. They're, they're, I, I mean, A Team just pulled ahead. That's peak, peak TV intros is Magnum PI and the A Team. I don't think it gets better. Yeah. You you still hear people humming the A Team intro, or if you hear it, like people know it, even if they've never saw the show. Yeah. You know. Yeah. 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 Uh, I've not. I'm now lost the name of the other one that I'm thinking of because there was that other one. What, what What was the show with the guy that had the gold Firebird? I'm. 
gold firebird you mean night rider with the black firebird no 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 no. it was a it was an old gold oh, firebird I'm, I'm losing yeah it was like an old 70s gold firebird what was the name of the show that one also had a, a great intro i'm losing my mind now i can't remember the name of the show i don't so, even so, know listeners hear me if you remember <laughs> gold firebird hit us up blue tiger revenge at substack.com if you remember that intro that's right Okay, now hit him with the real question. Okay, okay, the real question, and I and I think I know the answer to it this. It was the Rockford Files. That oh Rockford yeah, Files. the Rockford That's, Files. I okay, I don't there think I ever go. saw Rockford Files. There we go. I've seen wow. I've seen it a few times, but it wasn't one that I like followed and watched. If that yeah. makes sense. Yeah, that, but that, I, I, that is another in- TV intro that I that I, uh, sticks in my head as well. Anyway, but I don't think it's on level with the other two. So yeah, okay. Second question. I'm sorry for no, no, no. It's okay. Barely remembering the name of a TV show. <laughs> That's okay. Um, all right. Second question. This is this is actually the question that we ask every time. So uh, okay, if you had the opportunity to do a mini series of a comic mini series of any uh uh what known character uh be it yeah. comics tv movie whatever and turn it into a comic book who would you pick yeah i don't think my answer's changed much unfortunately <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah i still want to like uh oh, i can't talk about, i can't talk about anything um i i got an opportunity to do something i really really wanted to do for a very long time at marvel and you're probably going to get to see it in the next couple of weeks i'm hoping uh, depending on when it comes out i don't remember um but uh there there is a uh there's a special cameo that was written specifically for me by Alyssa wong uh in uh alligator loki and i'm really excited for people to read it it's one of my favorite strips i've ever done oh shit that's awesome and so that is like your so your the answer to the question is actually coming out in the next few weeks it's entirely possible yes (laughs) there you go folks that's great (laughs) there we go that's great wow now, will yeah, that be, yeah, yeah. is the alligator Loki, is that in print or is that through the digital format? So it, it's only available on the Marvel Unlimited app. It's an infinity comic. So they you okay. scroll and scroll and scroll forever. There's no page. So, oh, wow. Wow. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. It's how it's how it, Ted, it's how the kids uh, consume comics these days, like webtoons <sighs> and tapas. Very, very popular. Millions of readers around the world. All the I kids know. are reading comics, but they read them in a vertical scroll on their phone that goes forever. That's how they do it. I mean, it's wild. This is where I become an old man. I'm like, wah, wah. I'm going to tell you right now, yeah. read a couple of them. Give it a try. Because I have, I have, they're actually pretty cool. And I, I, they're pretty cool. And they, they open up a lot of really interesting uh, opportunities as far as like layouts go and, yeah. and how you handle transitions from panel to panel. They're actually a lot of fun. Like they're yeah. really, they're, re- they're, they're, a, they're a neat way to kind of massage your brain into some new, territory yeah it seems like the the few that i've read i've seen ones that where it was like i guess old school guys like us that were just doing panel by panel and they didn't flow Mm -hmm. very well but then it seems like the creators that are really like okay i'm gonna embrace the format structure Mm -hmm. and that's when like you said like you start getting some very interesting compositions and transitional Mm -hmm. uh pacing in between panels that works really really interesting like i remember the early days of webtoons there wasn't i i wasn't that impressed i just remember being like oh it's just people isolating and there was so much like it just felt like empty space you know like they were very decompressed yeah yeah Yeah, yeah now i've seen people really kind of um they play into it they're using the negative space in like really interesting ways and 
It's um, interesting though, but like you, you actually have to decompress them. Like one of the first things I did when I was working on Alligator Loki was I was, yeah. um, I, I drew one and then I took it and I actually stuck it on my phone and I started scrolling. And I was like, oh my God, this is a terrible experience. Like the thing that yeah. I drew and the way that I executed it is absolute garbage. And I went back in and respaced everything and then suddenly started yeah. scrolling and went, there it is. Now it feels right. Uh, and, that, and that 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 feel of the scroll is and and how the the panels appear on it is is so integral to the way the actual comic feels like you know when you're laying out a page and like you're trying to find an interesting way to you know yeah. uh, have that guide the eye through it like this is a similar thing but it's like how you dole out information as you're you know moving your thumb yeah. through the screen it's really wild but like um it's definitely it. a fun exercise Damn it! I felt like I was just starting to get a hang on uh, doing it the old-fashioned, like the the page turn way, and now I'm gonna have to fucking. I've it. been I've been Start doing from it for scratch. years now, dude. I don't know how the hell you do it. it, it yeah. This this whole thing is complete <laughs> is a complete mess. It's all black magic. Some people are really great at it, and some I'm just I, I like you know I, I don't even know I don't even know how like I have four sh- shelves down here of like comps that uh, of my old books. I I I don't know how to do this any better than I did when I started. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah all right well we've had we've we've had you for over two hours now yep so why don't we start winding down all right do at the end of every episode bob what are you reading i want to know what comics or or if you know or novels or whatever what what are you reading to satiate the creative mind feed the beast yeah, um, I've been reading. Uh, like I said, I've actually been reading uh, uh, New Mutants on uh, on Marvel Unlimited. It's been it's been real interesting uh, to to pick through that and kind of see the evolution because like it 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 exists in a very interesting part of the comics continuum from when it's it's making some hard transitions creatively. Yeah, um, and, and seeing that transition so starkly has been really fascinating. Um, and then just seeing the way that, that Bill Sienkiewicz just doesn't give a shit, uh, is, is really inspiring, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so, cause you know, it's like you, you go through the, you go through the bear thing and then you go through like all, all the stuff with, um, you know, uh, professor X and Legion and all the stuff going on inside of, you know, inside of his brain where they have their whole big, their whole big adventure and stuff. And it's, it's really, it's really unbelievable. Um, yeah. And it definitely, you know, I, I definitely get very locked into, okay, well, here's the thing. And we've got to make sure that we're telling the story. And like, you know, I, I have a tendency not to break out of, as I've mentioned before, like very much sticking as close as I can to the, uh, to the script. But like some of those, some of the decisions he makes and some of those in, in, in the way that he'll lay pages out, it, it, he's telling the story in such a, in, in a way that's so, I, I think even to this day holds up as, it's pretty revolutionary. Um, it's okay. it's it's phenomenal. I, I got I gotta have to. I, I I've been sleeping on it for well decades now. I'm gonna have yeah. to. I'm gonna have to pull the trigger and get my hands on it. But yeah, I I can't recommend it enough. It, it was legitimately revelatory to go from that old stuff to suddenly here's Sinkevich and here's a guy who just doesn't think about comics the way that the old guys did. Yeah, and it's it's just it's so great. It's so great to read. That was one of the things. Um, that really stuck in my mind uh, at Emerald City mm-hmm. uh, when Brian and I were there a couple weeks ago. Is um, I have I you know I, I mentioned that I have a, a color assistant and she's going to school down in Tacoma, and mm-hmm. 
to the art school there. Anyway, she came up and she was looking at like the, I had a bunch of originals I was selling and I just had some, you know, the, the pay, the book open to some random. And she's like, no, no, don't show those. And what she meant. And she goes, those ones are boring. They're just panels. Mm-hmm. And she was pulling it to the ones where like, there was no panel borders. It was just like sound effects were flowing into, you know, characters doing things and all that kind of, she's like, this is way more interesting to people who want to buy this stuff more. And I kept, and mm-hmm. it was a real like, Oh yeah, her generation is not necessarily interested in the the panel. And it, it was really like, oh fuck, I might need to get a little bit more like um, dynamic in my page compositions. Like it was kind of a, it really stuck with me that she was like, oh, those ones are boring, and I was like, boring? Yeah. <laughs> what? What are you talking about? Like this is yeah. this is great. Look at how well I tell the story. Yeah, yeah, you did. But also, where's the panache, baby? Yeah, yeah I get it. Well, I mean, yeah. ultimately, if you're sitting there. You're sitting there in an artist alley with like a thousand other people up there, probably. Uh, yeah, yeah, there's a lot of people. Unle- you know, unless <laughs> unless they're there to see you when they're walking by and they're looking at your open portfolio, you better have something there that's like, oh, shit, what's that? You know, so mm-hmm. yeah, I, I get what she's saying. Yeah, I was just interested. I'd never had that because inter- normally it's just people are like, oh, these are pages from the, you know, the book. Oh, cool. Or like, oh, look at, you know, like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, dude, it was just—it was interesting. It was—I'd never experienced that before, and I took it as like, "Oh fuck, I gotta, I gotta set my game up." Like, God I, damn. I tell you this, you know, the, having having a book now that is, you know, a, an independent book through through a publisher that's not a big two book, I have learned so much in the last couple months about marketing because yeah. I have to now, right? Definitely. Um, and b- like. Con attendance is very much the same. Like, how are you marketing yourself? How are you setting yourself apart with your banner and all of your bullshit compared to the thousand other people that are in the same row with you? Right. Yeah, right. And having having that having that fancy page out there in front of you in your in your uh in your portfolio is probably a good way to do it. So way to way yeah. to go, youngin. That's right. Yeah, yeah. No. <laughs> yeah, she knew. She knew what she's she talking knew. about. They all know these kids. Yeah. <laughs> so smart. Bry. Yeah. What do you got? What'd you read? So uh, I have been catching up on Turtles, which I have not read for a while. I kind of took a break and let the issues kind of catch up. Um, Should you take a break? Because they've gone woke. (laughs) That's it. Uh, Yeah, they went woke. You know, get woke, go broke. I think that's what people say. I don't know. Uh, What? Pour out a Bud Light, baby. Pour out your Bud Light. Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that you already paid for, um, yep. you know, whatever, uh, losers. Um, anyway, so, uh, yeah, so I've been catching up, I've been catching up on turtles and they have their big thing going on, uh, their big crossover event, the Armageddon game, uh, that crosses into the regular issues. Then they have, uh, two separate storylines of our Armageddon game. So I just finished Armageddon game four. Um, and so that's, uh, Let's see. Tom Waltz, art by Vincenzo Federici, inks Alex Sanchez, colors Matt Hearns, letters Sean Lee, uh, editor Nicholas Nino, and Charles Beecham. So, I mean, big, big production line for this. And uh, I have to say, man, I am really enjoying the story so far. Uh, it's taking them, uh, you know, in different, they're, like the whole team is broken up. You know, some of them are still in New York, some of them are in Dimension Z. Uh, trying to recruit allies. The the really interesting mm-hmm. aspect. Uh, well, one, I really like the art. So uh, uh, Vincenzo Federici and Alex Sanchez, who are on the pencils and inks, I think they're doing a fantastic job. Uh, as well as as well as um, 
uh, Matt Herms, the colorist. And, uh, you know, some of the interesting story aspects for me is that um, the turtles have been were like framed for crimes. And uh, OK, and so they're trying to figure out how these imposter turtles showed up. And then when they finally go face to face with just Raph, he beats the shit out of all of them. And then you, you know, and then you find out they're actually dosed with mutagen. So one of them like turns back to human uh, as it escapes. And so I thought that that was an interesting, uh, interesting little plot twist. But uh, yeah, really, really enjoying the story um, of this. And I, you know, if you're a Turtles fan like me, uh, you know, I think I own every issue of the IDW series, all of them uh, that they've ever come out with. So, uh, you know, I keep it going. I read all of them and um, yeah, really, really enjoying the story. Shredder is like an ally with the Turtles now, which I find is just a really interesting dynamic. Um, Yeah. When enemies become friends. That's right. Out of necessity. That's right. Battle whatever they're battling. That's I don't know right. what it is. Yeah. So it's been it's been that's that's a really cool aspect of like how it alien like they're doing it because they feel like, oh, we have to. If we want to win this battle, we have to. But then like their other allies are like, Are you fucking serious? Like the shredder, you know what he did to you, what he did to me. Um, so I find that aspect like really interesting. Um yeah. But yeah, uh, you know, Love it. really enjoying it, man. Really enjoying it. Yeah, I, I had to pull up some uh, Vincenzo Federici art here, and yeah. uh, it's looking good. Yeah, yeah. I want to, I want to read this book now. Yeah. Well, nice. my guess, I think it's almost done. Um, it's going to issue eight. I think I have up to issue six. So there's only two issues left of Armageddon Games. So my guess is it's going to come out in a big, thick, collected book. So uh, well, there you go. You know. Pick that up nice. when it comes out. I love them thick. Three C's. That's mm. right. That's right. What about you, Tad? Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> what I mean, if we're going to talk thick, we're talking thick books. I uh, I started reading Decorum by uh, oh, uh, yeah. John Hickman and uh, Mike Huddleston. Uh, yes. Like, I mean, you know, as an artist, it's like Mike Huddleston. I I just love his shit. Ever since he did Butcher Baker. Um, Same. Which, yeah, where he was kind of like uh like like Sinkevich. Give zero fucks. Like I'm gonna be as experimental and explore explorative as I can with the medium. And, Completely like, different style on every page, because fuck it. It, it. yeah, it was so incredible. Yeah, oh but he God. It, what's interesting is he's able from an art standpoint, he's able to you the deeper you get into the book there's a, a flow that comes with it's not just like oh this panel i want to get crazy with this panel he's he's picking his shots where he wants to do certain style points and how he's going to approach certain things and then yeah when it's time to get crazy it's just like okay the rule book's out the door i'm gonna do whatever i want kind of like with um like when david mack got a couple volumes deep into his kabuki series i don't know if you ever read that mm-hmm. but where where mac just was like you could tell he's just like well watercolor i'm just gonna get let's get fucking crazy with it oh i've got a computer now i'm gonna start layering some shit in a weird way it's gonna get wild and he he does a lot of that kind of stuff and you know like it's it, yeah, the thing about me, it is it feels it feels deliberate right like it feels like he yeah that specifically for for whatever reason and it, it always it always works for me i don't know he, yeah he's he's really brilliant yeah he um who was it we had someone on here that went to school with him and i remember i asked like uh, it was Huddleston just like 
brilliant when you guys were in college. And I think it was, was it Jim Mahfoud? I think so. Mahfoud. Yeah. Yeah. And he said like, oh yeah, Mike was like from day one, everyone was like, what, what are you doing? You know, this guy's fucking amazing. And yeah, he's like, he's kind of like almost in that like Picasso level where I feel like he mastered comics so early on that now he's like, well, I can just start um, experimenting with whole nother like avenues of approaching the medium. Mm-hmm. And especially in terms of like storytelling and, you know, like Hickman, a lot of his stories are like really complex and it takes a while, I think to get into them. And it took me a while to really like, okay, there was a lot of like, it it took a few issues to really figure out like what's the entire construct here, what's the entire purpose? Because it was like every issue, new characters were coming in, mm-hmm. and um, once you get like I'd say like at that like issue five, then it's like okay, sh- then really shit starts making sense, and all of that build up, you know, really was like okay, this wasn't just style points, and and they I, they what's they really like they used a graphic designer on here. Mm-hmm. to do these really interesting like like you feel like you're in a computer <laughs> like a, like a computer simulation <laughs> or something mm-hmm. and i don't know it's just one of those like it's it might be one of the most beautiful graphic novels i've ever seen and it really fits the it's like the definition of sci-fi you know um and yeah no it's just did, I you, bought did, it. did you read uh nightly news i have not read nightly news is that similar it's that well hickman did that one as well yeah. and it's also like a very it's it's real bizarre it's real designy uh okay it, it it's interesting i haven't read decorum yet I, I i really i really like i've just seen pages of it and yeah. every time i see it i'm like why haven't i read that yet because it's it, yeah huddleston like i i never buy hardbounds i never buy anything <clears throat> but just i ended up buying the like you know what is it the complete edition mm-hmm. and and I'm so glad I did because I just I feel like you're getting so it's like the you're getting all all the design you're getting all the art and it's mm-hmm. all like it all it all harmonizes in this wonderful way where it doesn't necessarily feel like I'm reading a comic. Does that make sense? I, even though mm-hmm. it is a graph, like it's just it's an experience almost. <laughs> like I don't know. Um, I, I love I, it. I, yeah, I I I picked it up mostly because I was like, oh. I uh, Mike's always doing interesting things with his colors. Like there's maybe there's gotta be some stuff that I can like try and pick up from. I can try and like, you know, deconstruct and figure out how he did that. And then I yeah. get in there and I'm like, Oh, okay. Like I can try and do some of this. Like, Oh my God, what is he doing here? This is insane. You know, he's like using like NASA photos to help like build like the foundation of his like painting on some of the like splash pages and stuff i'm like yeah. what the fuck <laughs> like no I, I, i'd work. love to like crack his brain open and just see how it works because it's like it he just doesn't think about the medium the way anybody else does no it's no. so like refreshing and weird but always works somehow i don't know yes yeah. it, it he's one of those guys that really it really is special in the in the medium. So I don't know. I love it. You should yeah. read it. I don't even care if you don't like the story. Just look at the pictures, dummy. It's great. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. Like I'd say like if you're an artist and you're not even into comics, it'd be worth picking up just from the the dynamic design standpoint of the mm-hmm. art itself and how he's mixing the the different mediums is crazy. And then um the other thing I read is I, I like Frank quietly. Um I picked up uh sure. the latest issue of the ambassadors. It's uh, it's written by Mark Miller, mm-hmm. and you just don't see Frank quietly do a ton of stuff these days. So I was like, mm-hmm. oh shit, like I'll, I'll check this out. And you know, it 
it was just a real world take on superheroes again, where it's more of like, what if, like, you know how, like during the pandemic, you had all these, you kind of had this, this race of like pharmaceutical companies trying to develop, um, you know, a, a vaccine where instead it's like, what if instead of the cold war, uh, the U S and, and Russia and other countries, other superpowers were trying to quietly develop like superhumans and failed. And then like in the sixties, like the whole, and, and I'm not giving away anything. This is just kind of like setting up the whole book itself. But like in the sixties, mm-hmm. they were going to fake the U S wanted to fake that we had a real life Superman, but they ended up not releasing, you know, just to fuck with the Russians. And mm-hmm. the footage wasn't not, good enough. Yeah. It wasn't good enough. Mm-hmm. Like the special effect. Cause it's the sixties and seventies. It looked like it's, a, that's like why the moon landing thing. The yeah. It's such a, joke because it's like did you watch any like, have you watched ghostbusters like, did you see how fucked up the special effects were in the 80s yeah. come on <laughs> yeah, yeah man like like it just wouldn't be unbelievable especially by today's standards and um and now it comes that a company that's not america it's a private company out of south korea this gal she who who's supposed to be in prison for like tons of like human ethics violations to yeah. the pharmaceutical company. Mm-hmm. She uh cracked the code and basically became the first superhuman, like first Superman essentially. And so she like downloads her consciousness out of her body that's in prison into another into, body. Into another body. Yeah. And then she's basically leading at like some tech summit and is like, I'm holding a competition. And I'm going to select six people from across the world. And we're going to base on, we're not, it's not, this isn't going to be like a government that deems you as the best soldier to be superpowered. I'm going to deem, I'm going to supposedly reward the people who are the best human being to like carry this mantle. It's a very interesting complex Hmm. because you never see that. It's always just randomly somebody gets superpowers and then you hope that they turn out good. Right. Or Mm -hmm. it's, you know, like the captain America construct where it's like the best candidate or just the candidate that the serum works on, they become the super Mm -hmm. soldier Mm -hmm. and you just pray to God that they have a decent morals and ethics. And even that becomes questioning, you know, like Superman, right. He's supposed to be this, you know, the ultimate good guy and even his motives and and his choices are can be dissected of whether or not they're ethical or not so it's it's really getting entrenched in all of the like not only the 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 socioeconomic politics that are that are playing out but like what makes a good human being like what what is the best the best version of a superhero that you'd want so i don't know it's just the first issue there the cool. most interesting thing is is like I know, it must be because it's Mark Miller. They've got this all-star cast. Like each issue is done by some juggernaut, some heavy hitter mm-hmm. of an artist. And I don't know. Like some people don't like that because it kind of you know the flow can get disrupted. Yeah. As an artist, I'm like, oh my god, we're gonna get a Travis Charest issue. You know, we're gonna get a, a Frank Quietly issue. Like mm-hmm. sign me the fuck up. Like this will be cool. So I don't know. Um, so far it seemed really. I thought it seemed really great. I I was I really enjoyed it. Um, Sweet, but yeah, right. I, I don't, well, I don't I'll have to, have to add that to my list now too. So hey, hey, man, you're drawing these things. You don't have any time yeah. to do anything. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah <right>. exactly. <laughs> yeah, I I'm trying oh, to get through man. decorum, and I'm like, I'm about like 150 pages in, and I'm like, oh shit, I'm like a third of the way. <laughs> you know, like it's I forgot how big it's a big book. You know, yeah, I got it is to a tome. Through. A grimoire. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, but yeah, uh, nice. Yeah, man. 
Well, yeah. What do you say I take us home? We can uh, we can hop on out of here uh, back to our back to our late evenings. All right. Let's do it. All right. All right, Tiger Cubs, we appreciate you all tuning in. Uh, as you all know, the home of Blue Tiger Revenge is our Substack page, bluetigerrevenge.substack.com, where we are going to be introducing a brand new segment of Therapy Hour with Bob Quinn. Dial in. We're ready to help you. <laughs> Where you can find uh, our Substack page, it's free. The subscription is free. Uh, it's every every time we post a new episode, every time we post a new page of Operation Blue, you get those updates. Follow us on Instagram as well at Blue Tiger Revenge. We 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 post there, um, <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, uh, finally, uh, Bob, want to thank you for coming on, man. Uh, uh, tell us where, tell us about your new book, where folks can find you, where they can find, uh, your new graphic novel that's coming out at the end of this month. Uh, thank you very much. Yes. I'm on the internet, uh, on all of your favorite social media websites. Do I post on them that much? Not anymore because social media makes me sad. So, uh, but I am, I am on, uh, I'm on Twitter, robot JQ. I'm on spoutable, which is the new one because I guess Elon took a shit into Twitter. So that, I don't know, Robot JQ on there. I'm on Instagram and all that stuff. I don't know. Y- you can find me if you if you want to. Um, the new graphic novel is called Black Hat Social Club. It's available. Uh, I think we've passed FOC, sadly. So if you want to get it, go order it from Amazon. You can get a pre-order right now. Uh, actually, pre-orders on Amazon are going to help us out a ton because, believe it or not, uh, other bookstores actually base their orders on the Amazon orders. So uh, the more pre-orders we get on Amazon, the better it's going to be for us. So uh, stop by Amazon, Black Hat Social Club. You'll see it. It's a very bright cover. You can't miss it. Yeah. Awesome. Well, that is all I have, Tad. Do you have anything else? Uh, Nope. Just want to say thanks again, Bob, for coming on Blue Tiger Revenge. And I am all out of tiger milk. Bone dry. The nips are producing no more. <laughs> All right. Well, if, uh, if that's the case, what time is it? Hit the music. Music.